Do you pride yourself on finding the best deals and savings? Yes, it's me. I'm raising my hand. Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop. Get cash back at over 3,500 stores across every single category, including fashion, beauty, home essentials, travel, dining, and so much more. Shop brands like Macy's, Adidas, YSL Beauty, Samsung Petco, just to name a few. Plus, membership is free and it's easy to sign up. Cashback rates change daily. Here's how it works. Stores pay Rakuten a commission for sending them shoppers, and then Rakuten shares a commission with its members via check or PayPal quarterly. And you better believe how exciting it is when your PayPal alerts you that you've gotten money. It's no wonder Rakuten has 17 million members who are already saving. Start all your shopping at Rakuten.com. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.com. Or get the Rakuten app to start saving today. Your cashback really adds up. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Okay. Last time we did Zencaster, things were very chaotic. So let's hope we did it right this time. Yes. Uh, and until further notice, things are fifteen seconds and we're good. Yeah, we're rolling and we're not stopping yet. Okay. Great. Now we're just gonna watch the timer the whole time. <laughs> I know. Well, we'll be waiting for some notification that's like, I don't know, the error sound from Microsoft Word. That's like, I feel like I'm gonna hear that from childhood or something. That yeah. one. <laughs> Or, uh, yeah, 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 that's the one. You nailed it. <laughs> hi. Uh, hi, how are you? What's, what's, what's your vibe today? You feel low energy to me and I don't like it. I am low energy. I like keep falling asleep during the day, which is not normal for me. So I'm like, I'm, I don't know. I probably my iron's screwed up again. Cause I always stop taking iron and I'm like, I'm fine now. And then, you know, oh, Christine goes away. I'm drinking my large McDonald's <laughs> iced coffee. Classic. Maybe um maybe throw some iron in there. <laughs> mm, yummy. Speaking um, of McDonald's, are you in on the the grimace shake train? Do you know about this trend? No, I know about the grimace birthday, but I don't know about the shake trend. What's that? Oh, oh, you missed it. But it was it's it's about to be over because I think it was just during June. But oh, it was my favorite TikTok trend. There's um so grimace. There was a, a shake in honor of his birthday. And by right. the way, for people who don't know who Grimace is, because yeah, Allison a, learned a of, this month. No. Okay. Because I was judging Gen Z so hard because they were like, what is a Grimace? And I'm like, who are you people? Like, where are you from? I'm not even barely from this country. And I know who Grimace is. <laughs> I know. Allison and didn't he, know. God damn he it. Was my, he was my favorite character of the He's McDonald's the best. crew. He was my favorite. Well, the Hamburglar really Hamburglar is- But really a delight in in the worst way but grimace is a champion i don't know how people don't know who he is it's his freaking birthday grimace is a good time he was ronald mcdonald's best friend and uh but so anyway they made a a shake for him which the whole mystery originally was what does it even taste like because it was kind of just a vague purple flavor it was just purple um (laughs) some people were saying it was taste like a wild berry thing anyway but so 
TikTok started this trend, I guess, from that mystery and like some people not knowing who Grimace was that like it turned into like if you drank the milkshake, something spooky would happen to you. And then it turned into like, oh, Grimace is after you. Wait, what? Oh, it became a whole thing. But then but then it it turned and now everyone feels really bad because now there's a trend going where everyone's showing like collages of like the most horror centric or cinematically scary TikToks people made after they drank a Grimace shake. And then they're showing a picture of like Grimace from the 70s as a little kid. And it's like he just wanted to celebrate his birthday. Wait, and all of you I'm made fun so of him. upset. It's truly go look at my Instagram after this because I posted one of the TikToks that you are like did? that. But I was fully invested in like the horror movie of Grimace and who is Grimace and he's coming to get you. And then all of all of the videos started turning into like pictures of like little Grimace and how he's so sad no one wants to celebrate with him. I mean, the fact that his name is Grimace, if you didn't know who he was, you'd be like, what the fuck kind of a name is Grimace? So I do get the like immediate distrust. Um, (laughs) Every time we did a lot of road tripping recently, we've stopped at a lot of McDonald's with Leona and every time they're like trying to push those grimace shakes on me and I'm like, I'm good. I'm in the car for 12 more hours. I think my tummy can't handle purple flavor right now. (laughs) I uh, the usual. I am upset I never tried it, but I feel like I've tasted it based on everyone else talking about it. Yeah, I feel like maybe you know better than you think what it actually tastes like. Um, anyway, I'm glad you're drinking McDonald's. Um, guess guess and- why I drink this week. Do you want to ask me? I do want. Is it because you saw Taylor Swift? Oh no, but that was definitely oh. a highlight of my life for sure. For what? sure. What? 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 what, what um, are you drinking? Leona said Mothman. <laughs> wow. She started saying Mothman. It wasn't even like she has a book. I think you got it for her, called ba- or, either you, Eva, or I don't know. It's a it's called Baby Mothman, and she. We read it before bed every night, and the other day she was like, "Mom, Mothman baby," and <gasps> I was like, "You just said Mothman baby. I can't believe myself, my ears right now." So it's all that- it's the it's the ultimate maternal goal, isn't it? So. It was, and the, I feel like I've like exceeded all my parenting expectations. But the fact that I couldn't immediately call you because I had to wait for us to record was so annoying. <laughs> so. <I was> like, <laughs> Em needs to know this. And we were just talking the other day. You were asking me, like, what words does Leona say? And that night she said Mothman. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh. Now I have to wait three days to tell M. But anyway, that's the big news on my end. And I feel like it's pretty groundbreaking. Well, nothing I have to say after that. The whole episode <laughs> is over now. Well, and, imagine if she said also, Grimace. <laughs> if, she, if she goes Gwymeth with like a, like a double lisp. <laughs> well, she says Ote, which I always thought was just kind of like a cliche thing, but she's like Ote, and I'm like, That's whoa, precious. kids actually do say that Ote. Oh, it's so sweet. Well, so now that she said Mothman, we have to collect all of the yeah. cryptids out of her mouth. So I try feel to like get Nessie's next. probably easy, right? Big F- Nessie, Bigfoot. Um, Does, can she do S's yet though, Nessie? Hmm. Or yeah, would it be like calls- Nessie? She calls her pacifiers her passies, um, and she has okay. a teacher called Miss Cassie, and she calls her Miss Passy. <laughs> That's precious. So I feel like she could probably say Nessie. Okay, cool. Okay. And she so has work on messy that. books and stuffed animals, so, you know, we have some teaching tools to utilize. We all did a, we all did a very good job of uh, 
preparing her for you indoctrination. Yeah. I mean, literally, like you had you threw me a surprise baby shower that was cryptid themed. Like she was, <laughs> this was destined. <laughs> you know what else was destined? Remember when I found that Happy Halloween banner and I cut out the letters oh, and rearranged yeah. them, and it spelled like Happy Leona or something. It literally spelled Happy Leona. Like the word Leona is in Halloween. The word Leona is also very close to lemon, which I did not realize until literally my child was born and someone commented on my Instagram post. Mm. And I was like, well, it's too late now. <laughs> it's so, um, so yeah, she's one. destined for some spooky things. I hope mm-hmm. she knows that. I think she oh, does. Christine. Well, uh, how was Taylor Swift before we do anything else? I got to say, I feel like I played it down so much when I was like, I forgot I was going. Um, I, it was like the best and I cried because you cried? Swift is, yeah, there was, I cried during Enchanted because that was the first song that like my brother told me like the, the lore about years and years and years ago. And mm. I got just so into that song and that was like my entry point into Taylor Swift. And so I cried when that came on. It was, um, oh, but I met, uh, I met a listener who gave me one of her Swifty bracelets, like the beaded bracelets. And, oh, that's um, cute. And some body glitter. She put body glitter on me. Hey! <laughs> and I said, I said, what's your era? And she said, well, my name's Sarah. So I'm in the Sarah era. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> they said, I'm, I have my own fucking era. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> enough said. I'm not going to question you any longer. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, did you uh, practice your one, two, three, let's go, bitch? Or oh, that was you... so funny. The person behind me, the girl behind me was like with her dad and she shouted it but like too early and then she was so embarrassed but then I knew it was coming so I got to do it with everybody and I turned around I was like thank you for doing it she's like I'm sorry I was like no no you warned me so that I knew when to do it with everybody else she gave me like a heads up okay so I feel like that was like I somehow like actual projected into that person's body to give you a cue I was like I know you didn't learn in time horrified and I was like no no that was your soul preparing me for the moment don't worry I do I I do feel so bad for her though because she's probably not ever going to see Taylor again and it was her one time I feel so bad for her okay well that's (laughs) she might (laughs) she might see Taylor again I don't think this is the end that girl was probably she has to go now just to redo it she has to (laughs) oh god anyway it was really funny and I turned around and she started apologizing to me i was like imagine if i was actually mad at you for that like what an insane thing (laughs) to do and feel um but but thank you i uh i felt very prepared because of you em and because of your astral soul projecting into the teenager behind me it's a lot of work to make sure you're on top of things, but <laughs> Thank, that's what I'm here for. Especially when it's for. just pop culture trends, nothing else. <laughs> but it's just Taylor it's and Grimace. Work. Yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> At least I knew who Grimace was, okay, Allison? Jeez. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I don't really have a reason to drink this week, except I got myself a new cup, and I love <gasps> her. I love her. I'm sorry, where did you get that? Girl, this is sorry, the ice is probably that looks like Grimace threw it up. I I liked it because it's giving ectoplasm, kind it of. It is. And it's much more neon than it looks on camera. It like looks it's very like it's burning my retinas, so I don't know how much more neon it could get. Em's holding a neon green, like it looks like slime colored cup with a purple lid, a grimace colored lid. Um, so there's nothing I love more than a bright neon dark purple contrast. There's just it's nothing true. better. It's true. Nothing like it. And, um, 
I have been one of those people where every time I go to Starbucks, which feels like 15 times a day sometimes, um, <laughs> every time I go, I look at the shelves and I always point out a cup and I go, oh, that one's cute. Oh, if I had to get one, I'd get that one. Oh, that one's nice. It. I've done that. And I've never, I've always kept it together. And we mm-hmm. know I love an impulse buy and I still have never done it. Um, that's impressive, and I saw, by the way. And not only, I didn't even go to Starbucks and see this on the shelf. I saw someone say on TikTok, <gasps> by the way, Starbucks released their summer colors. Oh, you and this was one. It. This was one of the ones that they showed. And I went, it must be mine. So I went out of my way to go find it instead of just like window browsing. Yeah, that was, you know, that was me with my cup. I've never, ever bought a cup. And then one day I went in and they had this r- really tall, my my pink to purple my pink to blue like and then you were like those are bi colors and I went oh yeah maybe that's why I was like I need that <laughs> but it was so beautiful and like kind of studded and like I, I could ha- I had no self-control I was like I must it, own this immediately there was there is one mug of theirs I've gotten which was if anyone remembers like six months ago they were really pushing these like teal blue ceramic mugs and I got one of those and now I have this one and now I have a mug and I have a water cup and I can never I do it again say, but that's okay M tells me all the time we're forbidden from buying them more mugs and then they go out and buy their themselves mugs and I'm like god Christine I literally got a mug this morning <laughs> no you didn't what is wrong with you I like it's and truly the something... worst part is there's so many mugs that I want to get you and I'm always like no Em's gonna kill me and then at like holidays sometimes you give me two mugs and I'm like wait a minute why is this a ban that, from me <laughs> to you but not the other way around like you think I don't have too many mugs because okay it's because i I don't really have a real reason except i'm trying so hard to be good about mugs but i always i'm my worst enemy i because at least i put boundaries up with everyone else but i still fucking slip when it comes to myself buying mugs and allison has told me so many times we're not allowed to have any more mugs i'm more scared of allison if i'm being honest i'm more scared of allison yeah i mean i kind of knew in the back of my mind like this wasn't really about me and em this is allison would kill me if i added more fucking annoying mugs to your collection but oh i love a good mug but but you know what recently i've gotten by the way allison while you're listening to this i got a bone (laughs) to pick with you let's discuss right now oh Um, no it's because okay so here's the thing uh, realistically no one needs more than one mug maybe two one uh, come cleaning day or you know but uh we have easily easily like 40 mugs between the yeah, two of easily. us there's it's Same. just too many always but and and i understood her cries when she was like please stop the madness i want out i don't want these mugs stop anymore the madness <laughs> and i thought you know what that's a fair request and then someone really got into like the world of cocktails and uh-huh. homegirl literally is going to go take a like a bartending like six week night class about becoming like a full blast bartender what for fun and she does like, me- she takes an ex- she takes an excel course in college and then in her 30s she's like <laughs> i'm gonna learn how to make cocktails what is going on with this one she she has become so so into bartending and so into cocktails she demands that she by the way we're a family of two one of us does not drink you don't drink alcohol (laughs) and she has demanded that we have every type of glass every type of mixer every type of shaker so i don't i don't know the words to everything but our entire cabinet which you've seen our kitchen we are very fortunate to have a, a massive amount of cabinets all of it filled with glassware that only she can use. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to have my mugs. I, that's And that's that. You know what I mean? You know what? Yeah, you get your own little drawer of mugs. And 
that'll be your so man na- cave. Thank you. I your feel like a cave. dirty little a dirty little gremlin now because every time I get a new mug, I kind of go, I test the waters. I'm you like, just hide awesome. it. I'm like, look what I got. And then if she says something, I'm like, let's investigate your your wardrobe. Oh, so you're ready your, to just whip big, open all the cabinets like a your fucking poltergeist of brandy snuffer sniffers, whatever they're called. So anyway, <laughs> your armoire of brandy sniffers. What the fuck is happening at your house right now? <laughs> Anyway, it's a it's a it's a hot button issue with us where uh, we just we don't have any room for plates. We literally, Christine, all the cups in the world, we own four fucking plates. Four. <laughs> like if five Maybe people came over for dinner, we wouldn't class. have enough. You take a cooking <laughs> class and you can buy any plate you want. Be like, it's for my new hobby. We literally, if we if we haven't done the dishes recently, we just don't have plates. Like that's that's it. We it's but but we have enough cups probably to last the entire year without washing a single one. So anyway. Anyway, you know what? I'm back to mugs. So give me all the mugs you want. Oh, Allison's so scared right now. I can feel it. I said it ha- and I knew she, I knew she hated it. I'm happy to be out of this equation. I'm just going to remove myself and just let you two handle this one. Anyway, that's why I drink, because apparently Allison and I are going to duke it out over the mugs once she hears this episode. So. I think a lot of people, including myself, can relate to that. So don't worry. Uh, if you are in a relationship with somebody and you're the mug collector, mm-hmm. please post your pictures and tag us. Uh, we'd like to see your mugs. Oh, yeah. Especially that? if you have some like quirky, cool ones, you know. Ugh. I love a quirky, cool mug. You have mm-hmm. no idea. Eva got me a mug. She's been breaking the rule, by the way. She's already because, getting me new because mugs. Because you break the rule every time. And it's like, you know what? At a certain point, Eva and I were like, what? The- fuck it. Like, fuck it. If M's breaking the rules, we're breaking the rules. Well, for my birthday, she got me a mug that it looks like a golf course. And there's a hole cut out at the bottom. And it comes with a little golf club and ball. And Shut the mug up. is the hole in one. So while like, you're come drinking on. Tea- how could we not and buy the- you that? Like, I mean. And the golf club could- is a pen. Like, how could you even not look at that and go, I mean, I'm going to skip this one. Are you kidding? Like, hello? <laughs> what do you expect? Anyway. So, um, also, since we're talking so much about drinking and the show is literally called And That's Why We Drink, and like 300 and a half episodes later, I am starting this trend. This is your daily reminder to drink some water. You hydrated, oh. hydrated, <laughs> well, I guess dehydrated, uh, funky people. I don't know. Ooh. I couldn't. I didn't finish the insult in my brain. So, but everyone drink some water. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm drinking coffee. Does that count? <laughs> sure. Today, yes. It has a lot of vanilla in it. And with that, maybe we should start our stories today, Christine. Let's do it. Let's do it. Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 
30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. Prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay. I think you'll like this one. I think there will be parts where you hate this one. Uh-oh. What? <laughs> um, but I think you'll like it at least for the title. Are you ready? Yes. This is the story of the UFO abduction of Snippy the horse. <gasps> what the F is happening? <laughs> what? Okay. Okay. So. Before we get oh into it, I, I know you're very excited. I have to bring you completely down really quick the because there is dies. a content warning. Oh. The, the horse dies. This is um, the first case of UFOs being linked to animal cattle mutilation. I'm so sorry. <gasps> oh, no. Well, thank you for well, appreciating how sensitive I am like a big baby. I talk about dead people others. all day and then it's like fucking a cow and I'm like crying over here. The irony is a little obvious, but I, it's, know. I understand, though. There's um, no controlling it. I, I can't explain it. Well, so I will, if someone else is also um, sensitive to animal, I, I don't know if cruelty is the right word because we don't mutilation. actually know what happened, but mutilation. Um, I'll bring it up when the time comes, but it's it's going to be quick. Okay. But it, the rest of it is worth it because this is the abduction of Snippy the horse. So, you know. So, and if you're a I mean, horse girly, all... this is for you. Yeah, this is for you. Um, and now me vicariously. Yeah, today Christina's a horse girl. I I am, and I I I I I. Okay. I was you trying to come your up with a horse. Pu- I was trying to come up with a horse pun that rhymed with nay, and I couldn't think of one. <laughs> you could have so. just said nay. Not true. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, I we'll could have, it. but we'll that wouldn't it. have been funny either. I could have said, um, <laughs> I could have said, um, this is anything. Uh, this, I'm here for the main attraction. <laughs> oh, that's a good time. Did you Google that? No. Oh. <laughs> but that would be know. hilarious if I just fucking Googled horse pun. <laughs> Let me look up. Do you I remember that? It. 
Do you remember that um, that time I found all my old like childhood homework and I sent oh, you a yes! picture of one of them? Oh my god, <laughs> I've never had such a delightful evening in my life. I I miss that day. And was like, look what I found. Do you remember when I showed you that that thing? I don't know why I saved it. It has to be because of how ridiculous it was. But I drew. I colored in a pear, like it was a, it was a, sh- like a, the shape of a pear. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And apparently I had to name it because I like, it's, it has like a spot for me to have written something on its belly. And it was a pear with a smiley face and it just says horse on it. And I don't, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I guess I named it horse. I don't understand, but I love her. And oh my God. I want that frame. I, I saved her. I want that frame so bad. <laughs> Once once I'm done treasuring it, I will send it to you framed. Oh, speaking of frames, um, I found this picture all over again. It's my oh shit. I found this picture all over again. It is my favorite picture of you and me, Christine. It makes me so happy oh, every time. I love that photo of us. I'm so intoxicated. It looks so blurry. <laughs> it looks just like you. No. It looks like me in a blur. Yes, it does. My dress is like falling off of my boobs. It's my wedding dress it's- is it's my favorite picture of us. I love and that so photo. I'm gonna find a place to put it in our. It's in so apartment. cute. Okay, back to Snippy the horse. Okay, I won't uh, stir up any more trouble. I googled that one. I, I, <laughs> hang on, hang on. Did that work? <laughs> Wait, what was the sound? That was the what sound. Was... Oh, do 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 do. Oh shit! No, I oh, I was trying to, to find womp, the. Womp. Yeah. I hope you. I, clip, which... I hope you accidentally hit the clapping next. Okay, I'm just gonna pick one. Hold on, pick a color. I have no idea which one is which. Green. Oh man, that was the right one. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well. Okay. So here we go. This is the first, or one of the first cases of UFO-connected livestock mutilation. Mm. Uh, Snippy is a three-year-old, and I'm sorry if I'm saying this wrong, but. I th- I think i'm saying it right appaloosa a three-year-old appaloosa uh which that means that right she me. do you know what appaloosa oh, it's a is she. i don't she. it sounds like appalachia but i don't know so appaloosa is the type the like the the design the of your horse the uh, design. I, I'm, sh- <laughs> I'm sure it's the breed but oh, I've been, eva knows I've been s- it's a sp- oh my god eva literally says as a horse girl i know it's a spotted horse whoa yes so she's got eva. spots holy shit I didn't know Eva was a horse girl. I did. That might have but... been. That might have been before our time. Is she still a horse girl, Eva? Right? No, former, the... former, former, former horse girl. Okay, that this makes is. Sense. We talk about this stuff when you're asleep in the back seat. And I know. <laughs> when we're on tour and I wake up, the two of you seem much more bonded than you were before, and I'm like, you're I missed like, something oh, so really an intense. That has spots on its butt, and you're like, I'm going back to sleep now. <laughs> I don't want to be part of this. <laughs> <laughs> so Snippy is a three-year-old Appaloosa mare, which means that she she's a she. Um, and uh, she was born and raised in the San Luis Valley of Colorado on Harry King Ranch. Uh, okay. And this is in the 1960s. And it's in the town of Alamosa, which that threw me for a second because I was like, she's an Appaloosa that lives in Alamosa. And I was like, that oh. could be a real interesting like children's least- song. Seriously, at least Alamoose is not an Appalachia, because then we'd be in big trouble. If the song were an Appaloosa in Alamosa, not Appalachia, that would be <laughs> real crazy. That would be the world's worst song, but okay. 
<laughs> someone with music writing experience, please create that song. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> so in Alamosa, the population is just a small town, like 6,000 people. Um, and then the rest of it is much more rural. Uh, and just to step aside really quick and give you a very vague, very, very quick summary of Colorado's history with UFOs is that from 1947 to 69, the government investigated over 12,000 UFO slash alien encounters for Project Blue Book, which I have not covered yet, but mm. we will eventually. Um, that's a, the government project that was studying UFOs during that time. And in the 60s specifically, the government was trying to decide if Project Blue Book was worth continuing. Okay. So the Air Force commissioned an astrophysics professor uh, named Edward Condon to investigate UFOs and extraterrestrials to, like, I guess, join the force or something. Um, <laughs> and his findings, he became known for writing this thing called the Condon Report, okay. which was... I feel like I've heard his name before, so that makes sense. I would like to also eventually cover him, but what, this is why it's too overwhelming to cover right away is because the condon report is over fifteen thousand pages long oh my pages oh christ pages okay. not even words i know i know Jeez. Uh, <laughs> it was written collectively by 37 scientists oh my god and it was called instead it wasn't called the condon report it just became that its official name is scientific studies of ufos um okay. and so he wrote this after the government had him join on in the 60s and ultimately, he decided after 15,000 pages of writing, he decided that there is really no reason for the government to continue any UFO investigations. Um, it took him 15,000 pages to decide that? I know. I know. Oh, my God. I know. That's exhausting. Also, um, I guess even though he was trying to say, like, oh, UFOs aren't worth looking for. This was in like the 60s, right after the 50s, which is when like UFO craze was a thing. Oh, so, fair point. So you can say it's not really worth your time, but it's already in the zeitgeist. It's too late. Um, and of the of when Project Blue Book was doing all their studies, when they studied like 12,000 different ET cases, uh, just to give you an idea of what they came to understand about ufos or what they released not to sound like a conspiracy theorist here but from what they're willing to publicly say out loud is that out of twelve thousand reports only 700 of them are still unsolved which means they solved 94 percent of their cases okay bullshit i call bullshit that's what i think that's what i think <laughs> and so, like, so diplomatically I like allegedly they're <laughs> like boo liars <laughs> well then you said it and then i kicked the door open and, and i was like yeah like, me yes. too <laughs> i was like i just wanted to hear you say it first we needed but one other person on our team yeah so that makes it feel a little less overwhelming if i wanted to cover project blue book because then i only have to care about six percent mm -hmm. or seven seven hundred cases mm -hmm. um but and I get that I do th get a lot of them could easily be debunked with something or natural causes or a, a weather balloon or whatever. But I feel like there's no way only 6%. I feel like now that um, the government has straight up said aliens are real or whatever that announcement was a while ago, uh, I feel like we should look back at Project Blue Book and maybe like, you know, 
look just do one Reassess. more glance over the cases yeah yeah but i feel like that's still a lot like like however it's still how 700 many... unsolved cases exactly so maybe that is it but like that's still a lot in my opinion like even if one of those cases were unsolved or were a mystery that's still counts right like i know jim harold says this all the time but even if one ghost story out there is true yeah then what then it's real like you don't need to prove that they're all real you know i love jim harold um, me too <laughs> that that immediately made it so much more comforting <laughs> and not really because it's like oh aliens must be real um anyway so the condon report if you live near colorado university uh they're they own the Condon Report, and it is now in their rare and distinctive collections. Which <gasps> cool. I so badly want to go look at Me it. Too. So badly. And I will say this: despite Condon claiming that the UFOs weren't anything to worry about, this was in 1969. Two years before, there were so many reports in this area of Colorado where Snippy the Horse happened. There were so many reports in the San Luis Valley that one paper in the area actually said that they were being, quote, downright plagued with UFOs. Oh, my God. It's but then two years later, Colorado. He... <laughs> but then two years later, he comes up with this, like, famous report that says UFOs aren't really all that important. But it sounds like yeah. all 6% of true stories happened in San Luis Valley, Colorado. Yeah. So. <laughs> Poor Snippy is getting, like, no respect here. Yeah, like, put some dignity on her name, you know? She's been through a lot. She has, and you're about to hear how much she went through. So, before we get into it, I just want to say, I I just kind of um, touched on it, but Snippy was not the first story in this area. Um, They really were, quote, plagued by UFOs. It seems like everyone had a story. There's a story of one student who saw a strange figure in the field, and when they drove toward it, both of their tire their rear tires blew out at the same time. Um, there were people who were seeing black triangular objects flying in the sky. Mm. There were multiple people who were being followed by objects for miles um, mm. that were flying around above them. There's also one story of two deputies who are being followed by an orange globe um but that they didn't report it because they were afraid of losing their jobs so that's also another thing about project blue book is how many of them weren't reported great you know? point great point just saying uh another story is that there was this well-respected judge in town named charles bennett and he and his wife reported a ufo sighting they said that they saw three red orange circles similar to an orange globe uh, three red orange circles flying over them at high speeds and they could hear the machines humming and the machines above them formed into a triangle together. Ooh, so we got a globe and a triangle. <laughs> yeah, we've, and soon, maybe a rhombus. Oh, uh, no. No, you say it ain't so. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, on the same night where... Uh, this well-respected judge in town swears that he saw a UFO. On that same night, Snippy the horse met her fate. (gasps) Oh my god, it was perfect. It was perfect. I talked right over it, but it was perfect. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Snippy, a.k.a. Lady, not actually Snippy, Lady, she belonged to a woman named Nellie, and Nellie was the sister of Harry King of Harry King Ranch. 
Mm. Which is where she lived. Snippy lived. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Uh, so Harry King had a ranch with his mom, and he looked after his sister's horse there. And the horse was Lady. So uh, Snippy, I, there, was, there was one uh, note that I found where someone described Snippy, and it felt like the closest thing I'll ever come to, to be like, to being my version of this girl is known to have walked into a room and lit up oh, a room and lit up the so, room with her smile and stuff. <laughs> so Snippy lit up the room with her smile. Oh, uh, she was known as a creature of habit because she would go out to pasture every day, but she was very timely and would always come back right around food time. Honey. And she loved her food and she loved attention. It sounds a lot like me. Uh, this is starting to sound a little familiar. <laughs> Snippy also had tarantula legs. Hang on. Nope. Wait, that's me. So I thought you were going to say Tourette's. So I was like, that's also you. <laughs> I was like, which one are we going with? Tarantula legs. Got it. <laughs> oh, these mixers are too powerful. I only know what those two things do. I'm scared to touch anything else. you remember, because I immediately forget when I press one of the buttons what it does. <laughs> oh, God, it's good. <sighs> if Snippy had Tourette's, I would like to, I would feel closer to Snippy. I'm just saying. Agreed. Um, or tarantula legs. I would feel seen either way. Um, I feel like she's probably got those big hindquarters, you know, so maybe. she's She's got those gams, you know. She's got the gams, that's for sure. So when she didn't show up one night because she was usually very timely about coming in for her food, hmm. this is when Harry King of Harry King Ranch got very worried. Oh, no. Uh, he went looking for her, and unfortunately, he found her two days later in a field. <gasps> um, and... There's nothing like total, there's nothing bloody gory, I'm about to say. It's more like anatomy based, in okay. case that's like helpful for somebody to figure out if they right. want to listen to the next couple minutes. But let's go. So basically, it was Snippy lying down. Her entire body is fine except for neck up. Um, her head was just bone. There was no, what? There was no tissue, no skin, no muscle. No sign of anything except bone. <gasps> so it was just and a so skull. You, just a skull. What the fuck? And it was as if like scavenger animals had picked it all away, but it was even too clean for that. <gasps> and the rest of the body so, was there, right? Like with all the skin and stuff. The rest of the body was there completely untouched. <gasps> completely untouched. What the fuck? Plus where the exposed bone began and where her skin mm -hmm. ended around her neck there was no signs of biting or tearing as if there were scavenger animals oh. that came to pick at it the flesh truly looked like it had been perfectly cut from the body with a tool what the what the and fuck it, it was so clean that no animal could have done it and all of her bones were still in place so it appeared quote meticulously cleaned without being jostled so like none of the bones were out of place or anything Ooh, it just gave me goose cam like everything from the neck up just went away like, except her it bone. just like placed there perfectly without being scattered yeah. about oh so harry um also looked around just oh. 
Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I would. <laughs> and he was looking for like any other signs of what went on. He realized that her hoof prints in the mud ended a hundred feet or a hundred yards from where she actually was. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. And there's no other prints around her actual body and it had been oh. muddy. So if there were prints, they would have seen them. What the fuck? So it was almost as if she had been picked up at some point a, a while away and then placed Ooh. here. Harry obviously freaked out, calls his sister Nellie, who was oh, no. the owner of Snippy and had to tell her what happened. And so Nellie comes out with her husband. Her husband's name is Burl, which <laughs> never Let's heard that, that name before. Back. <laughs> Where did, what is isn't Burl there, even? Isn't that, that short name for? like Burl Ives? Isn't that a person? Burl Ives. Let's see. I'm sorry. His full name is Burl Eichel Ivanhoe. <laughs> Wait, Burl Eichel Ivanhoe Ives was an American musician and actor. Um, what? You don't know Burl Ives? He did like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, like the original oh, one. Oh, okay. And, uh, I do know. stuff like that. I know yeah, his work. Yeah, <laughs> you familiar with his his work? Um, Bur that's the only Burl I've ever heard of. Is Burl short for something else? It's this I guess this is Burl. Well, something Earl isn't short for anything else. That's true. Uh, I'll type in Burl name meaning. <laughs> yeah. Um, a meaning naughty, wo naughty wood, knotty, not na not naughty, you uh, know, but. Knotty, not nagotty. Nagotty. Wood, tuft of wool, cupbearer or butler. Okay. Okay. A tuft of wool. <laughs> I like how both of us couldn't have harmonized better with the. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it okay i mean that doesn't really give me any sort of helpful it, it taught me nothing while no. we're at it can you look up earl because that's another name i'm a little like well, probably it means earl like in like the oh, title you're right you're right you're right i don't like know maybe burl, maybe burl's just meant to rhyme with earl uh meaning nobleman warrior prince yeah so. where i wonder where burl falls on the baby list these days because oh my god i feel like burl name popularity let's find out burl. <laughs> okay popularity at... number twenty six thousand six hundred ninety two. oof burl burl that's a rough one <laughs> wait that's i want to send you the chart there's a chart Oh, it's like, <laughs> like fucking crash. It's like a stock market crash. Hold on. I'm sending it just you this. nosedived. This is so sad for Burls out there. Any Burls out there? Um, I'm sending this to you. Oh, it's oh, also even worse, Christine. I feel like it's probably tanked even further because it's Burl spelt B-E-R-L-E. Oh, I'm so sorry. I did not do it so that way. So can you look, look R -L -E? that one up? <laughs> B-E-R-L-E. Okay, it filled in uh, Burl Pants, so maybe that's a thing. Um, <laughs> oh, it's a baby girl name, allegedly. Oh, um, interesting. So one, oh, I was going to say, that one's number 4,576, and then it says that data is from 1926. <laughs> <gasps> wow, it's gone. That's an extinct name. And it name. says no data after that. Holy interesting. Shit. So now that okay. one is not even remotely on the fucking board. Oh, wow. Burl. Well, oh, okay. Gosh. You know what? Maybe we just gave it the comeback it needed. The real kick I the I hope pants. so. Because like, what? Oh, but also I wanted to mention that on this page it says, are you looking for a sibling name for Burl? Here's some great oh, options. Belden, 
Belden? K- Belden. <laughs> Belden Bray, which Bray and Burl, it sounds like a horse. Sounds like horses. Um, Burl and Bray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Belden, though. That's fun. It means pretty valley. Oh. Anyway. That's lovely. Bevis. <laughs> Gascon. <laughs> are they just, is, are these the Sims names? <laughs> it's like an AI was trying to write Simlish or something. <laughs> it feels like Xenon siblings have crash landed. And <laughs> it, does. it does really. Oh my God. If your name uh. is Gascon, I'm so sorry <laughs> Like that I'm making fun of it. Not like I'm sorry for your name. I'm sorry that we're being so rude. But you know, Bevis means handsome face in French. So Oh, okay. You know? What does Gascon mean? Gascon means a man from Gascony. Well, that's a that's two on the nose. Okay. <laughs> that's a little on the nose. It means nothing more than that. So um Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well. So hmm. good. What Moving about on Gib? quick. Okay. Gib, please stop. I can't. <laughs> marmion these aren't names someone make a sims family with all of these names i'm begging you (laughs) and make them all horses but then the dad has to be um what was his name again burl no our son i mean our sim oh kremit wait i don't know who are you talking about remember our our sim who would talk in simlish and he would say oh oh chauncey chauncey bliss chauncey bliss What is the name Chauncey? That's a good name. I could totally okay. hear Chauncey Bliss going, Gascon, Burl. Gascon, it's time for <laughs> it's time for your breakfast of oats and barley. Wow. <laughs> Eat your barley, Burl. <laughs> I'm gonna be ill. My stomach is starting to hurt. <laughs> Have we stretched this out long enough? Is everybody this is the stupidest <laughs> show? Does everybody want us to keep going? Okay. Is anybody um, here? Probably not. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com slash drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. There's over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. There are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. 
Get started today and get after your goals. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required and it's less expensive than takeout. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. You can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is a perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. I've found myself recently recommending Factor to so many people in my life and this food is really good. So Blaze and I actually get to pick our own meals every week and, you know, separate them in the little drawer in the fridge and uh, make sure the other keeps their hands off. I personally love the cold brew smoothies. Those are always my go-to in the morning if I'm running around dropping Leona off, don't have time to cook myself breakfast. It's a great solution. Head to factormeals.com slash drink50 and use code drink50 to get 50% off. That's code drink50 at factormeals.com slash drink50 to get 50% off. If you recall, about eight years ago, we were talking about Nellie and Burl. Oh, yeah. Um, so Harry calls his sister Nellie, and she brings her husband from The Sims, apparently named Burl, <laughs> and uh, tells them un- the very unfortunate news of what happened to their horse. So they end up going over to Harry's ranch to see what happened themselves. Um, and they noticed... All three of them noticed that Snippy's skull was so white and bleached that it didn't look like it was only two days ago that the skull was exposed to sun. It looked like it had been exposed directly to sunlight for years. Ah, but just the head. That is so weird. It's also weird because I I guess in the world of like potential UFO abductions, it's like they've used some sort of technology that suggests sun exposure or UV exposure that we aren't used to. Um, they also noticed that the skull had a bit of a pink tint to it, which I have no idea what that means. That's weird. Um, when looking at the field itself that Snippy was in, they also found 15 different uh, circular scorch marks. And what? they were later described as similar to aircraft exhaust marks. I was going to say, so they're like landing marks. Oh, yuck. Mm-hmm. They also found, speaking of a UFO landing, they also found in the fields near these scorch marks six odd indents in the ground that made a three-foot circle. So six almost as if a, a UFO, like a three-foot UFO oh. landed and its little six little legs landed into the ground. Ooh, okay. They also realized that there was a 10-foot radius of bushes that had all somehow been co- become flattened. Ugh. As if, I guess, like the UFO landed there. Yeah. Um, they also, oh, no, uh, oh, okay. So they went to go look at these bushes because they're like, why is 10 feet of bushes all completely flattened? Yeah. Nellie goes to look at these bushes and finds on the leaves a bunch of jelly substance. <gasps> what? Ectoplasm? It was green, uh, oh. but she went to touch it. And it burned her hands that she <gasps> apparently, like, let go of it really quickly. And her hand continued to burn until she washed it. Ew, that makes you wonder, like, what it could have been doing to her. Yeah. And also, like, I love that our soap on this planet is good enough to get rid of that situation. A great point, too. I was going to say, you're, that's a great point, because, like, my fear would be it would never leave my body or it would poison me forever. But it seems like Dawn did a number on that. And the, I was going to say, in the world of 2023 social media, if this story came out today, you know people would be asking which soap she used. And then that oh, soap yeah, would yeah, use, yeah. like, 
would fully make it into like a media campaign of like we can take care of alien splotches you know okay but speaking of dawn like remember when the fucking oil spill and they were like the only soap used to clean ducklings and i'm like yeah lord and all the bottles have the animals on them to this day all over that shit Yes. To Can you day. imagine instead like Dove Extra Care or Dove Lotion just has a picture of Xenon on it because like it takes <laughs> it gets rid of all of her With, oil like, spills. A, a big circle and like a line through it like no more. <laughs> <laughs> so she touched this jelly. She like threw it back on the ground when it started to burn. She washed her hands. She <sighs> also though found a piece of metal in these bushes that had horse hair on it. Oh, What? So the, I guess the UFO thought is maybe this is like scrap metal from the UFO and the horse had in fact been on the, right in the craft. They tried to like shove it into the craft. Yeah. And it didn't work or something. Yeah. I don't know. So they reported the horse's death to the police, but the sheriff declared uh, Snippy's cause of death to be lightning. What? He declared this even though. There were no storms in the area, and he hadn't even looked at the body. What so, a lunatic. He just said, oh, your horse is completely missing everything from the neck up, and there's jelly-like substances and scorch marks everywhere? Lightning. <gasps> what are you hiding, sir? Yeah. I f- either he's an care. idiot, or he... I don't think he cares. I think he's like, no, oh, that's a dead cares. horse. Who cares? Yeah. Um, rude. Fucking rude. Days later, uh, a, a man named Dr... Altschuler, he was like an award-winning pathologist. This part of the story feels fake. Not that in like a funny way, just like it truly logically, I don't totally understand. I feel like I'm missing a chapter here. But a man named Dr. Altschuler, he was caught trespassing in a national park and the cops asked him what he was doing there. He said he was looking for UFOs. They said they were going to take him in for trespassing and he said, please don't, this will affect my reputation as an award-winning pathologist. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Sure. Weird reason. Mm -hmm. Um, And the police said, fine, we won't, we'll let you go, but only if you help us look into this UFO case and in Colorado. Oh, I don't, (laughs) this feels like the beginning of like a Disney movie where it doesn't totally have to connect entirely. They're just like giving you the beats. Yeah. You just suspend your disbelief. It's almost like, um, like uh, my favorite movie, Catch Me If You Can, where they're like, okay, the only way you don't go to prison is if you help the FBI, yes. you know, like now you're you're on the task force. Yes, exactly. And even Weird. that, I know that was based on a true story or maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. It was. I heard there's, I've heard there's controversy oh. around that now. There's definitely, oh, interesting. I've meant to cover that since like the th- day we started the podcast. I still have to, haven't done it, so. Well, I'm glad you haven't because apparently the new plot there's twist new- in recent years is that Allah, catch me if you can. He even made that whole story up for the movie. <laughs> so, what? I'm like, I don't I, even know if that's more or less impressive that we all fell for it or what. I don't know. Like it was like that one detective wasn't enough. I have to fool everyone. I don't I know. Mean, I Leo ended up portraying him. He did something right. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the whole story is there, but I've heard that there was. I had no idea. I would love for you to cover it so you can tell me because I really don't know what's true and what's not. So uh, I would um, love to. Uh, bu- 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 bu. So, yeah, I'll uh, catch me if you can. This guy apparently is now in with the cops on uh, 
helping with an alien case. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which, like, I love that his dream was to find a UFO, and then he stumbled upon cops who were like, happened. here's a UFO. <laughs> he just happened to, yeah, stumble upon one. I mean, that must be nice. Can you imagine you're just looking for Bigfoot, and then the people who find you have a direct connection to for you to help with Bigfoot? They're like, How does you that only get to remove this shoplifting charge if you help us look for bigfoot okay yeah sure that's what i was planning <laughs> on like anyway a, it's like a lifetime quality in storytelling yeah, it <laughs> like really is movie. there's a few gaps you have to kind of squint your eyes for it to make sense yeah it's it's easier to just accept what's happening before yeah. you yeah yeah so uh so he goes to help out again award-winning pathologist so maybe he was useful on this kind of case well with the goop and stuff like i feel like somebody a pathologist needs to analyze that he also was um, apparently known for uh his history with blood contain or blood coagulation so i guess they were like okay well there's a dead animal if you want to look at that blood um so he goes to see snippy and he realizes that snippy's abdominal organs lungs and thyroid are missing Ugh, what poor snippy nobody noticed the incisions that would have been needed to remove the organs because they were so precisely done that they got ignored the first time around that's terrifying so not only neck up is everything missing but apparently like neck down there are other things missing that were just so perfectly handled that like no one even picked up on that's it. creepy that's so that has like vibes of when you of those like urban legends or whatever when you get kidnapped and you wake up and like your your back kind of aches because they took your spleen out or something yeah you know what i mean yeah. like oh it's so so creepy he also realized that there was no blood oh so here's a quote I have done hundreds of autopsies. You can't cut into a body without getting some blood, but there was no blood on the skin or on the ground, no blood anywhere. The outer edges of the skin were cut firm, almost as if they had been cauterized by a modern day laser, but there was no cauterizing laser technology like that in 1967. Oh, so he's looking back on it and saying, now I can almost see what that would have been. Oh, that's yeah. even creepier. <gasps> so there was advanced technology we weren't privy oh, to that, at the time ooh, i just got goose cam like into my hair uh so in your oh that's a new place ooh, yeah yikes uh, the u.s forest service even came out and did radiation tests on the fields and they said that the area that snippy was found in especially the scorch marks and the metal piece that they found and mm-hmm. all of harry nelly and burl's boots because they'd been walking on the fields all tested positive for being radioactive uh-oh um, news began to spread of Lady's death, and she was accidentally renamed Skippy, or no, Snippy, because her name got confused with the name of one of her parents. So, Aww. so she didn't just even got... get the proper name. Okay. Sad. Yeah. So uh, Snippy's actually Poor one of her lady. parents' names. Someone else, I saw another source that said like it was because like someone had snipped into her to get her organs oh yeah i was like that's um by the way speaking of horse puns they fucking ate up using the word snippy on the headlines when the story was big they kept saying like snipped open town town is still snippy about no answers like (laughs) that's so stupid oh my god it's even worse than i thought so uh 
Yeah, so basically one of the people that heard about Snippy once the news started spreading was Edward Condon of the Condon Report. Mm. And he was in the middle of writing the Condon Report at this time. So you and mean he page 7,500? Yeah, he'd, all, he'd only discovered 11,000 of the cases were oh, unsolved. Oh, okay. Um, he decided he wanted to add Snippy to his report. And to do that, he sent his own doctors to go look at Snippy. And he sent over Dr. Adams, who determined that no unearthly causes were responsible. So couldn't be a UFO. I really, I feel like I, huh? as a staunch believer who desperately wants all of Project Blue Book to just say out loud that there are aliens yeah exactly i feel like edward condon has become like my arch nemesis because it seems like every time he touches a case he determines that it's like not a ufo smack the back of his head like what are you trying to prove here sir give me what i want and like give me something anything and maybe scientifically he's right but like i don't want him to be so like he's probably not and i think we can both agree about that I think, especially if he's literally been hired by, like, the Air Force and Project Blue Book, you don't think he's just doing PR for them? Like, you Hello. don't think they're just giving him so much There's money no he'll never have to work another day in his life? Motive. They're just telling him what to say. And who's Bullshit. Dr. Adams, really? You know? <laughs> Dr. Adams. Come on, I could come up with a better fake name than that. How about exactly. Dr. Schmadams? Dr. Burl Bevis Gascon. Burl <laughs> Burl, Dr. Burl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, they... Anyway. Oh, shit, hang up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was like really not having that. Um, so yeah, Edward Condon says that this is probably not connected to UFOs. I choose not to believe him, but okay. Yeah. And ultimately, the the general consensus is that Harry, Nellie, and Burl all had to be lying about what happened just because nothing else made sense. Even though all these people, there are pictures online of Snippy the horse's body. And you can, like, see that, like, oh, the skull no. alone. So, like, something fucking happened. And, and like, how and, do you say it was definitely not something unearthly? Because, like, how do you even... That seems like a, a negative. Like, how do you prove that? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. It doesn't even make sense to make that a theory. We should start our own investigation team, and um, the answer every time is aliens, you know? I mean, I think that already exists, and it's that guy with the hair. Could I think it it's, it's also, it's also called... <laughs> it's also called, and that's why we drink, where every story oh, right. I cover oh, right. must be an alien. I was going to um, say, also, I think we've tried to start a task force, like, every episode we've ever done, so... I know. One day. So, <laughs> One day. uh... Uh, they ended up when everyone was like us said and done with this or the story was getting kind of stale and they were like okay well we can't figure it out and you could have made this up for i don't know publicity Hmm. they ended up uh moving snippy's body to a veterinarian named uh dr leary dr leary uh i didn't know this is something that you do Apparently, he boiled her bones and art- rearticulated them to like build out essentially a skeleton of like a display skeleton of her. Okay, um, like taxidermy without everything but bones. <laughs> um, right, like where so you like up, wire like, the bones like a, together and all that. Right, like at a dinosaur exhibit or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so they did that, and during this, he ended up finding out that there were actually two bullet marks in her bones that hadn't been discovered at first. So what? this is his so this is his theory. Uh he says, 
I'm saying it's just a theory, but a couple of kids could have hit her with a couple of 22 slugs. Then the horse got scared, took off at a high lope, and runs through a fence and basically did cookie clothesline situation. Oh, jeez. I've seen it before. I'm so I'm so sorry for the sentence. I've seen it before. That fence wire can clean an animal like a knife slicing cheese. Oh my god, that is so Which, like, fucked no, up. no need for the flowery that's, words. Seriously, there, that's but... so dark. Jesus Christ. So basically, he thinks that the horse got spooked and ran off and accidentally. Like it'd be one thing if, like, he thought with a thin fencing wire like that maybe the horse decapitated itself but like right. to perfectly get a 360 degrees of all of its yeah. skin even in between the bones does not make sense it doesn't really and like also for them to be bleached and also for it to be such a clean line around the neck doesn't make sense without bleeding yeah that's true too like what like perfectly carterized like from what yeah. and then also like wouldn't flesh be everywhere You'd think there'd be blood or hair on the fence or flesh. Yeah. Ugh. If you, skin if would you have come off. If you skinned your arm, wouldn't the skin have to be on the ground somewhere? Yeah. I guess an animal could have taken it or I something. I guess an animal. Yeah, that's true. But, um, and also why Ooh. were her hoof prints that far away? Like, Great point. You know? It Great just doesn't point. make sense. But his big theory is, oh, the horse did this to itself. Okay. Ugh. Um, well, okay. To be fair, the kids did it first if they shot him. Right. Shot her, the horse. So, interestingly, two college students later did admit to shooting Snippy. Um, <gasps> this is in very, very few sources. It wasn't everywhere. But some think that they, that it could have just been, like, it, maybe it wasn't them and maybe they just heard about it and then admitted to it because they wanted to be in on, like, the fame narrative. Oof. Like, they just wanted to be part of the story. Um, mm-hmm. And because... Even if they shot her, like, explain the rest of her body. Like, yeah, true. All they did was admit to, like, maybe shooting her, which, like, we don't even know if that's true. But they never said, like, oh, yeah, I went out with a scalpel in the middle of the night and removed every part of her head. Like, that's right. Right. So, um, anyway, there's one guy who had, uh, he was a biochemist that I guess came out and looked at Snippy, who was very anti UFO. Uh, he said, are we to believe that creatures from outer space with the ability to travel a hundred light years would do so only to attack a pony? It's like, okay, okay I first guess of I'm... all, fucking relax. And also like, stop also pony felt condescending. Like, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, again, like Em said earlier, put some fucking respect and dignity on her name. All right. She's a horse <laughs> and you are acting like she's just trolloping around and is worth nothing to some aliens but maybe she's really special and maybe the aliens were studying something who the fuck knows you know the best part guy you know the best part of this biochemist he's gonna be the wildest thing we talk about today because so he again it felt very patronizing when he said pony instead of horse it was like he wanted you wanted her to feel small that was dismissive yeah on top of that would you like to know what his story is a biochemist. Would you like to know what his fucking story is? This guy would have Absolute. been in QAnon. Uh, oh, God. So, Absolutely. Tell me. He, very, very anti-UFO, but also very anti-government, it seems. Essentially, his theory boils down to this. The government has not been telling us, but has deposited radioactive waste throughout the state of Colorado. 
There's just mm. radioactive waste okay. falling everywhere. Sure. This led to colonies of radioactive ants because oh they were eating. Oh my god, what? Because they were eating the waste, the, the radioactive waste that was falling everywhere. What the fuck? So now the ants are becoming radioactive. Snippy at some point got sick on a field and, and on this field must have been one of the colonies of radioactive ants. Snippy is so sick that she falls into the bushes, apparently in a perfect 10 foot circular Flat- radius flattened and flattened every bush. In a circle. Right. Okay. And also like, I don't know, rubbed jelly all over these bushes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then after falling into the bushes, eventually faints in the pasture, which is where the radioactive ants come after Snippy and eat only Snippy's face off perfectly and nothing else. That's his thought. But like aliens is crazy. I was going to say, wow, um, he should have kept his mouth shut because I feel like everyone would have believed him if he just said no aliens. But then the second part, everyone's like, you lost me, bud. You lost me. Yeah. The, the <laughs> it's ants. Like, I like to think that like in an investigative journalist took him to like a pub after work and he really just started like drunk spewing theories. And yeah. this is what the, the journalist got. <laughs> but like, like, oh, now we've got gold. <laughs> this is a hook. No, this is I, a um, real hook. But yeah, I was like, okay, radioactive ants, that's something that like my Virginia family would still probably believe. They probably think that radioactive ants It sounds ants- like a Facebook troll like post that got went viral but from the onion or something. Like and also, okay, so let's pretend that that happened. Um where what what happened to these radioactive ants? Where the hell did they go? Like they were there in the 60s and then they ate one horse face and they're all gone? What happened? Like what's that? <laughs> <laughs> great point maybe the aliens came down 100 light years to examine the ants yeah right yeah and now they're uh, all another gone. another theory i found on like some like weird blog forum was that um what if the uh oh my god what was it i didn't keep it because i was like that's just not right but they were like what if the horse actually was an alien that died on the ship and they just like turned it into a horse to like fit into the scene <sighs> Like, what if it was just an alien that they found that was like, and I was like, what? The theories are endless. Like, it could be Wait. radioactive ants. It could be, like, why would, anyway. Anyway, we can't even get into it. And then what happened to I'll... Lady? <laughs> if that wasn't right. Lady, then who was? Was Lady Where an alien the whole time? Um, oh my God. <laughs> this is giving me a headache. Anyway, so there has in uh, recent years, because I guess people did note that the field was radioactive. Apparently, that's where the ants hung out, too. Um, so there has, in recent years, actually been problems in Jefferson County, Colorado, with elevated levels of plutonium in their soil, um, oh, to a point where the county is actually looking to, like, like maybe this is a lawsuit kind of situation. <gasps> um, but it was years ago. It was near an old nuclear plant. Jefferson County is three and a half hours away from Alamosa, and they have done a lot to try to clean up the area. So. And also, that was in 2019, not 1967. So, yeah, there's it's a moot point in in terms of this topic. And it um, the ants are still not explained. So, yeah, and they never found radioactive ants in actually like radioactive what? soil. Exactly. So. Like, what are you talking about? 
another quick theory is that um, in the late 60s, this was near satanic panic. So maybe they thought Snippy was part of an animal sacrifice, but there's no evidence of that. Um, although it makes the most sense currently because at least like they would explain why it looked like a person operated on Snippy's head. That's true. That is true. I feel like if back then I probably, if I lived I in that time period, I probably would have believed that. I think that more like, than radioactive ants. Sense. Yes. I think for the time that that theory makes the most logical quote unquote sense. Yeah. Um, and to this day, it's still a mystery. Her death is considered the start of the livestock mutilation reports and the stigma around what? mutilation in UFO lore. Um, Snippy's skeleton was moved from Dr. Leary's after he like built rebuilt her. And it traveled around town. I guess like people like had a lease on her or something and she just ended up moving around. So she was in a museum for a while. She was literally on the sidewalk outside of the Chamber of Commerce, um, which I can you imagine being a tourist and there's just like an a horse skeleton outside being a child and being like this horse was murdered by aliens anyway onto the store. It's like I'd be so traumatized. Well, here's my favorite one. Apparently, I don't know how this guy got a hold of her, but this one guy named Carl Heflin uh had snippy's body for two decades in his house and which and he collected a lot of weird shit apparently out in his yard there were two boxcars like full-on railroad boxcars one was filled with shower stalls and one was filled with doors um so he what he was i they call him a collector i'm feeling like there's some other weird tendencies going on there yeah he just maybe couldn't let things go i don't totally understand quote unquote yeah 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 so um of course he would have like a potential horse abductee skeleton also um and when he died his family was get going through all of his doors and shower stalls i guess and they found the skeleton and they were like i wonder how much this would be worth i guess they knew it was snippy and they were like i wonder how much snippy would be worth so they hired someone at uh an insurance office to sell it and they literally just they just hired this one guy named frank and imagine he, being frank you're like hello it's like 9 30 a.m and they're like we have a quick question for you <laughs> like and also they hired him to just put it on ebay like which is like the most like boomer thing i can imagine it was it's literally like i don't know on how eBay? to they paid him to put it on ebay when like you could have just done that yourself that's how but... he sold it it wasn't i thought he was gonna be like he went through some channels some back channels but no it was just ebay cool well, he, I'm sure he was like, how the fuck do I sell a horse skeleton? Yeah, what, seriously, just... why do you call him Frank? Also, I think this was, it was 2006. So I think this was like during eBay's like heyday. Oh, yeah. So I think he was just He's like, like, I eBay, know this you great new service. <laughs> it's it's called Craig's List and he's going to help us. <laughs> I'm going to call Craig and he's going to settle this fucking horse skeleton for me. With, with the amount of stuff that's been sold on Craigslist, like oh, that God. can't be the weirdest. No, definitely not. I'm sure if you say like, mauled by radioactive ants people be like oh cool i'll bid on that yeah, it's like, that sounds right so oh, for uh, so also that means for a time while frank was trying to sell it on ebay it was just sitting in the, like an empty back room in an insurance office so like imagine your first day at an at i don't know i'm like trying to think of an insurance group yeah you just and you just go into like the break room for a snack and there's a whole ass horse skeleton and you're like what it would is this fit about? if it was like geico and you could be like it's just one of our new advertising campaigns you know how fun yeah on the TV. yeah or like all state <laughs> with like the the, oh, the, the mayhem guy mayhem guy yeah is that i, I think know. i don't know 
Anyway. State Farm? I have no idea. <laughs> something, something. Imagine Jake from State Farm and this horse, you know? Jake from State <laughs> Why do insurance companies have all these fucking gimmicks? I'm like realizing all of a sudden. You know what? But we just gave three of them a lot of good time. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope they're happy. What the fuck? So Frank used eBay. He started the bid at 10 grand for this horse skeleton. <laughs> or I'm sorry, Whoa. he started the he started the bid at 50 grand. What? Um 50 grand. I think because it was not only was it a pretty in, I imagine, intact skeleton of a horse, but it also had like, you know, local history. It was potentially like the product of a UFO abduction. Like, right. if I mean, if you're a massive, if you're Zach Bagans. fan, if you're Zach Bagans, like that's the thing you put in your cryptid museum, you know? Yeah. So the local paper announced like, hey, Snippy the horse. Remember her from a few decades ago? She's on sale on fucking eBay. Jesus. And locals lost their mind everybody started writing in being like no 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 like i knew snippy i'm part of the story i'm part of the narrative i deserve her i actually you know my we're the ones that have the skeleton that's a fake skeleton like all these stories started circling one of them her name was sylvia lobato and she claimed that her mom was nelly's best friend okay and she was quoted saying I remember that day in 67 when Nellie called our house. My mother got off the phone and said, flying saucers killed Nellie's horse. <laughs> wow. Can you imagine just oh, looking at your... Oh, God. Can you imagine looking at your child and being like, guess what the fuck just happened? <laughs> You'll <laughs> never believe this. saucers killed Nellie's horse. You'll never By the believe way, what, what I just heard. That girl has to officially have full trauma because as a child, she was told, oh, flying saucers kill. And also well, and then cute little animals she goes, that you she know. She sees a fucking skeleton on the sidewalk. She can't escape it. It's like in everyone's house. It's like at the bank. She claims she also saw the horse right after the flying saucers came and killed it. She Uh-oh. says, from the neck up, that horse was peeled. It was just yeah. pure. It was just pure white bones. The horse had only been dead for a night, but it looked like it had been dead for months. Nellie was there with us, and she found a piece of metal next to the horse. It was covered in horse hair. When she picked it up, it burned her, and she screamed and dropped it. Her hand was badly burned. I was there, and I saw it. (gasps) Which, like, she didn't say anything, though, that, like, you couldn't have gotten from the papers at the time. So, like, we don't know, but... Also, relatives of Nellie, after Nellie had passed, those relatives were saying they had grown up hearing the stories and they actually owned the skeleton or they knew where the skeleton had been moved or they deserved to now own the skeleton. Mm. The The Chamber of Commerce said that they at one point owned the skeleton, I guess when it sat on the sidewalk. Um, mm. And then they tried to start a save snippy fund to get the horse Aww. back. Um, so even though they... Frank put it on eBay for 50 grand. It only went for 10 grand. And I guess the heir to the one that hired Frank to help them out. Um, he was like, 10 grand isn't enough. Like, let's take the post down. I don't even want 10 grand for it. So they ended up just like getting rid of the auction and they just moved Snippy to a warehouse. What? The and fuck? as of last year, Snippy's body is now in Cooper, Colorado at the UFO Watchtower, which I think you and I need to go to eventually. I was going to say, I'm sorry, the what now? The UFO Watchtower is a watchtower, a full 360 degree view of the valley. um, And it's on like the cosmic highway. It's like a a highway where everyone claims to see UFOs. But you can get a view of the cosmic highway. You can get a view of the whole area. um, And apparently Snippy's body is now also there. Um, but anyway, even without solid answers, Snippy's death is one of the thousands of solved 
incidents in the Condon report. So even though there's 700 oh, unsolved, really? she is apparently one of the 12,000, which keeps me stressed out about the Condon report because I don't believe it because it's they fishy. said that they, I guess the solving was that Nellie lied and all this was fake. Well, that yeah, was the... I could I could solve every crime ever by saying that. I mean, that doesn't I know. mean so again, anything. Again, if it was like truly like a, a weather vane or like something right. like that could prove if there was evidence. But now I feel like all 12,000 reports are like, how I didn't want to do the work. They're lying. Yeah. Yeah. How are we supposed to believe any of that? It was radioactive ants. Really? Like, come on. Exactly. <sighs> anyway, that is Snippy the horse. A.K.A. Lady the horse. A.K.A. Lady the horse. <laughs> Poor and her radioactive lady. friends. Poor baby. I am shook by that story. I I feel like we should post a picture of one of like the headlines that you were talking about. Yeah. Oh, you can find a lot the, of them. It, yeah. Okay. We should look those up and uh, post one. Um, I'm looking up um, horse puns to close out my, my section. Oh, okay. I have a list from earlier. <laughs> oh, okay. Do you have any 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 good ones? The only one I that I liked the best was um was my stirrup joke. Stir up some trouble. Um, um I how don't about the rest? This this story will have a cult following. Oh, I saw that one too, yeah. Okay. Well, um, get off your high horse. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. And that just good. like that, we're done with Snippy. Man, uh, speak as, speaking of uh, spur of the moment. No, that doesn't work. Okay. <laughs> oh, that worked, spur, cowboy. <laughs> sort of, but it didn't make sense in the context of our conversation. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, all right. Just because I'm not plugged into my mixer today, I can't fucking make any sound effects for your dumb jokes. Oh, Lord. Okay, let me pull up my story because um, I swear... This might be one of my favorite stories I've covered today. And I I, <gasps> I don't want to say favorite again. I mean, we all know what I mean, right? Like, it's yes, yes, obviously yes. fucked up. But it's, like, one of the most, I think, interesting and bizarre cases. Um, and unlike 12,000 of Mr. Condon's cases, this one is unsolved and remains unsolved. Oh, okay. Yes, so let me pull it up. It is called the Hall Mills Murder. And the way that this has been described online is sort of like the most sensational case of the time that you've never heard of today. <gasps> like, Oh, my God. Some, yeah, like somebody described it as almost like pretty much as equivalent sensation wise as the OJ Simpson case in the 90s. Like that's how Holy like, shit. wild this media circus got about this. So what so, else was going on during this time for us to not even recall it quickly? Uh, like, what, what was the time period for this? Oh, 1922, I believe, was the year. Uh, and I don't know, because to be honest, like, I, f I feel like there are some cases from, well, I guess a lot of them have kind of just faded away over time. I wonder if um, they faded away or, like, the Great Depression and a bunch of World War happened. So maybe true. they're I like... Mean, yeah, yeah we like got it was prohibition. Like there was just a lot of shit happening. Um, so maybe that is what it is. Like maybe over time it just got lost in the shuffle of all sure. the other bullshit going on. Um, but I'm here to revive the tale. So this on its a hundred hundred first birthday. 
yes, that's right. It's it's over a hundred years old now. That is very true. So Edward Wheeler Hall is our first character. He was born in 1881. And by the way, there are some um a web of relations. So you might need your gargoyles if that makes sense. I got my gargs. Great. So Edward Wheeler Hall, he was born in 1881 and grew up uh, as a, in a middle-class family in Brooklyn, New York. He met his wife in 1911, and her name was Frances Noel Stevens. And she, uh, oh, sorry. My mom just texted me a picture of a vacuum cleaner. Okay, my bad. Let me get back to this. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> I, have, I have my, like, work my like do not disturb set so that my mom's texts come through because she's usually watching Leona while I record. And then sometimes she just sends me a picture of a vacuum and I'm like, this is not why I took you off my do not disturb list. Okay. I, I tried, I tried to make a vacuum pun, but it did not land. That went, sucks. That's, yes. Yeah. Well, oh, is whatever. that what you said? Yeah. Oh shit. I thought I was making the pun about your joke sucking, but you Well it obviously wasn't the... very good if you're if it just we both thought the same thing immediately. So that's so I'm sad I missed it. I bet you I'm gonna get tweets about that. Okay. Um so he married his wife, Frances Knowles Stevens, in nineteen eleven, and he studied theology in New York City. The year is nineteen twenty two now. We're fast forwarding. He is forty one years old, Edward Hall, and he is living with his wife Frances in New Brunswick, where he worked as an Episcopal Reverend at Saint John the Evangelist Episcopal Church. Oof. So he's married to Frances and he's working as a reverend. Some people thought his marriage to Frances w- was just a marriage of convenience. Because uh, when he was 28 years old, he had actually been courting a woman his age, but then ended up proposing to Francis, who was seven years older than him. Oh. And she was extremely wealthy because she was part of the Johnson and Johnson family. Oh. Oh, my God. So she had their privilege and wealth behind her. So some people basically speculated that he married her for the money and for the lifestyle. And Mm -hmm. it was also described in newspapers at the time, because this is what people talked about when they discussed women, that she was a homely woman and didn't look like she came from money. (laughs) So Frumpty Dumpty is what it sounds like. Yeah, that's what they were implying, that like, why else would he marry her? Like, it's just, it's just, you know, nasty stuff. Imagine being famous enough that your name is in papers and that's all people say about you. And they're like, why else would anyone marry you? It's like, Jesus Christ, what a low blow. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really rude. Um, however, now that he has married Francis, he has he's this widely respected reverend. He has financial power. He's in a he's a pillar of the community, so to speak. And regardless why they married, he and Francis seem happy enough together. So life goes on. Now we introduce the next character of our story. Her name is Eleanor Mills, a maiden name Reinhardt. She had been born in 1887 and had grown up in New Brunswick. Her father was a factory laborer and that she was one of 10 children. So his, his she came from a lower class background, I guess, if you are comparing the Johnson and Johnson fortune and this with anyone else woman. <laughs> with with literally anyone, but especially someone who grew up in such a such a blue collar sure. family with so many kids. Sure. So Eleanor 
unlike Frances, was described as a great beauty. She was a talented singer, and many people admired her voice. She made her own clothes, which were said to always fall and look really beautiful on her, and she loved to read. She said reading made her dream. She loved to study and learn. She even gave speeches about topics she read about to the people around her. And she also spoke German because that was her family's native language. So all around, she was a very interesting person, a beautiful person, and a very charming person. So a lot of people admired her. When she was 15, she met a man named Jim Mills, who was 24. And descriptions of Jim are slightly less flattering than those of Eleanor. Uh, His brother said they used to call him Simple Jim when they were kids. And he was described also as, quote, colorless as a catfish, dim and meek. Okay. Hmm. Just rude. Interesting. Just rude. Okay. But Eleanor liked him, and they started dating, and even though he was nine years older than her, uh, she dropped out of school her senior year once she turned 18, and the two of them got married in 1905. What people didn't know is that she was secretly pregnant with their first child already. So they got married privately without telling any family, had their daughter, and then a few years later, Eleanor gave birth to their second child, a son. Now here is where our two families collide. Okay. Jim worked as a janitor at St. John the Evangelist Episcopal Church. Okay, got it. He was the maintenance man and caretaker at the church where our other main character, Edward, was the reverend. Right, okay. Okay. So, they were a family of four. They had these two kids. Eleanor also worked as a cleaner, and she sang in the choir at the church, And together, the two of them had very little money to support their family, but they did their best. And unfortunately, in addition to their money troubles, they were also extremely unhappy in their marriage. According to friends and Eleanor's own children, Eleanor was a devoted homemaker. She made her family's clothes. She even made like home decor on a shoestring budget just to make sure that they were always in a festive and happy environment. She cooked all day. She was very good at it. People loved the German food she cooked, but (laughs) she and Jim just never got along. He would get irritated with her when she would use her money occasionally to buy things like a new chair for the apartment or something to make the, the house a little nicer. And they never physically fought, but they'd get in these massive yelling matches and their neighbors often overheard their like verbal altercations back and And, forth and this is a few years down the road because i mean they got married right so they were happy at one point they did so they got married when in 1905 um and so now we're in 1922 22 okay yeah so their kids are like preteen teenage years at this point and they've been married for a while and you know she was 15 when they started dating so you know okay it's it's been a long time and it's been like the only person she's been with got it okay i just wanted to Wanted to make sure they were in love at some point. Okay, <laughs> got it. I think so. Or at least she got pregnant and they got married. Or it's, at least she was 15 and he was a grown-ass man. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Precisely. Precisely. Um, another thing that seemed to really bother Jim, which I can understand why this would bother you. Um, I'm not shaming her for it, but I'm just saying I, I kind of get why this would irk the other person is whenever they would argue, she would cover her ears and start singing. 
Oh, like, I block. would lose my mind. Simply. I know, right? I like lose my ever loving mind. I truly, and she would do that, or he would do that. She would do that. Oh, I really wanted to be on her side, but that's a real that's a real red flag for me. Mm-hmm. No, it's really annoying. Oh. But you know, to be fair, I don't know what he was saying. Maybe he was just a fucking verbally abusive man, and she was like, sure. "Fuck it, I'm done." Like, who knows? I don't know the details. I'm just saying, in my experience, if someone did that, I'd be like, "This is a joke." Like, I'm I just punch know. A wall. Later, when Allison and I have to talk about these mugs one the more mugs. time, if Allison <laughs> does that, I will absolutely scream. <laughs> I'm going to buy you 12 more mugs if that happens. Um, <laughs> basically, everyone around them, like their neighbors who weren't really close to them or anything, but but just heard them arguing all the time. Everyone said they could not stand each other besides mm. uh, the fact that they were married. So at some point, uh, Eleanor and Jim kind of gave up on their relationship. But at this time, you didn't really get divorced. That wasn't really the norm. So instead, Eleanor moved bedrooms to share a room with their daughter, Charlotte, and Jim shared a room with their son, Daniel. So despite living in totally, totally different social spheres, the Halls and Mills only lived a few blocks from each other. And of course, they both knew each other from church. There's Reverend... Edward and his wife, the Johnson and Johnson heiress. And now there's Eleanor and Jim, who both clean at the church and Eleanor sings in the choir. The Halls sometimes would hire Jim also for odd jobs outside of the church maintenance position. So they would like ask him to house sit while they went on trips or they they tried to help them financially, if that makes sense. Like they would hire him for odd jobs and try to support the family. Um, They also arranged a church loan for Eleanor because she needed a kidney removed at one point. And so they they like arranged the finances for that. So they took care of the family as best as they could. And Eleanor and Francis, the two wives, were also friends. And Francis would give Eleanor small gifts like vegetables from her mansion's gardens. <laughs> She's like, the I, I'm sorry, you said these. Not only mansions, but you said garden plural. Plural. Gardens. <laughs> I didn't from even the think mansion's about gardens. She like, has to share a room with her daughter because she's in an unhappy marriage. And this woman's like, one of my many gardens grew eggplants this year. Here you go. Like, <laughs> wow. So delightful. Woe is um, her. She had just too many. She needed to give them away. So really, you're I know, doing her they're going to go bad anyway, you know? Yeah. And also, Eleanor could turn that into some beautiful German dish that she might share with the church. That's true. So, you know? Um, She would also sometimes give her fabric because she liked to sew and make clothes. And in return, sometimes Eleanor would embroider pieces for Francis and the church. So they just had a friendly relationship. And over the years, Eleanor became one of the most influential parishioners at St. John because she was so involved with the community and with the choir. And many people started to think this lady's gone a little over the line. Like she's a little too involved in the church and has too much power over the rest of the congregation. But the Reverend Edward always backed her up. So people didn't really have much room to do anything about it. Nobody knows when, but at some point, Edward and Eleanor start having an affair with a capital A. I think we, most of us probably saw that coming. I Um, sure what did. (laughs) The gargoyles start crisscrossing and making out with each other. Um, They kept... (laughs) Just if you need a visual, everybody. Um, They would keep diaries for each other, and they would write each other love letters. 
And in the meantime, Eleanor would spend hours working at the church every day just to be around Edward. So it was pretty obvious to most people that this was going on. Edward would even go to the Mills house, like, sometimes several nights a week for dinner, like, just to come over for dinner. So he was brazen enough that he would go and, like, sit at their dinner table. Um, That's wild. With the husband. Yeah. So... Kind of sadly, Charlotte, the daughter, said those years were the happiest she had ever seen her mother. And according to her, Eleanor was smiling more, singing more, and just seemed content with life for the first time that her daughter had ever seen. Mm. The couple tried their best to be secret about their relationship. But of course, as always, there were rumors among the congregation. There were rumors throughout town. People just kind of knew this was happening. Sure. Well, also, yeah. if you can see a complete behavior change, too, and you wonder what the That's true. common, That's common true. denominator is. yeah. Those rumors about Edward and Eleanor were confirmed when the two of them were found laying side by side under a crabapple tree surrounded by their torn up love letters. And both had been shot in the head. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Oh, oh, simple, Jim. What did you do? So, on September 16th, 1922, 15-year-old Pearl Balmer and 23-year-old Ray Schneider found the bodies of Edward Halls and Eleanor Mills under a crabapple tree in New Brunswick, New Jersey. They were walking down a local lover's lane sort of place when they saw Hall and Mills under the tree from a distance, and they thought that they were sleeping... So they tried to walk by to find their own more private spot. But on their way back from their little makeout session or whatever they were doing, uh, Pearl noticed that the couple was still lying in the exact same positions. And so she started to get worried and she told Ray to go check it out. And when he went mm. to go check it out, he realized that these two people were dead and they had been dead for several days. Can you imagine, like, the hindsight of realizing that you had been looking at dead people this whole time oh. and didn't even... And then you went for a makeout session, and then you came back. Oh, God. Like, what... I mean, I know it's, like... I know it was not, like, anything they could have controlled or they wouldn't have known. But, like, I would lose sleep at night thinking about, like, oh, I was just next to dead people this whole time, and I was making out next to them, and I had no idea. It's disturbing. It's like that yeah. thing we talk about, like, you walk by so many serial killers in a lifetime, it's like, oh... It's like, how is... many how many times was a dead body next to me and i didn't notice it oh it's so eerie yeah so they they realized this couple was dead they rushed to a nearby house to use the phone and call the police and pearl and ray uh told the police they had just been out looking for mushrooms because they didn't want like a scandal about their little romantic tryst. affair their yeah. tryst well also so it wasn't ray... it's, you sorry keep going no no you can go ahead I was going to say, well, weren't they also 15 and 23? Is this just normal back then? I was going to say they were 15 and 23. Yeah, I didn't put that together until you just said that. And then the <laughs> couple you mentioned normal. earlier was 15 and 24. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, well. that's a little weird. I don't think I realized that. But they, I guess, were self-aware enough to realize this could be a scandal. So they lied and said they were just out hunting for mushrooms on Lover's Lane, as you do. So... <laughs> Yeah, I, I do that a all the time. Mistake. I know yeah. you do. Um, see, Al see, Allison, I told you, I'm just out mushroom hunting. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Ray led police back to the scene where he had found these bodies and uh, showed them where Eleanor and Edward had been arranged carefully under a crabapple tree. Now, I'm going to paint this picture for you. It's pretty horrific. So their feet were facing the tree and they were lying on their backs roughly a foot apart. Their legs were both crossed right over left at the ankles. Edward's arm was positioned so that Eleanor's head was resting on his arm. Mm. And one of Eleanor's hands was positioned to rest on Edward's thigh. So it was almost as if they were just like two lovers lounging in the sun. like Just snuggling. Just snuggling. Edward was wearing dress shoes and a nice suit with a gold tie clasp that matched the gold ring on his finger. And he had a Panama hat tilted over his face, almost as if he was like napping and put it over his face to block the sun like it looked like they had been laying there sunbathing which is why presumably these teenagers didn't realize they were dead at first meanwhile eleanor's blue velvet hat was on the ground behind her head almost like she was using it as like a little pillow and she was wearing a blue and red polka dot dress that was described as clearly lower quality than edward's suit so there we already have like the social class discrepancy Wow, and just the description of the news, it's already letting you know it's, that these... It's already... Yes, exactly. It's, it's rough. Uh, she also had a brown silk scarf wrapped around her neck. So police realized pretty quickly they were just over the county border. So one of them said, this is no case of ours, and just fucking, like, pieced out. <laughs> he and... was like, I know this is going to be a wild ride and i'd want nothing to do with it. right i feel like some police force would be like no this is our well maybe i just watched too much criminal minds but i feel like there's that trope of like no this is our case no this is our case but this guy's like it is not mine you can have it <laughs> he went uh, okay i was gonna i was gonna quit next week anyway please don't make say, me yeah, do this respect maybe he was retiring i don't know but he was like i don't want to be part of this so they went back to the house, got a hold of Somerset County police from Franklin Township and said, hey, we got a case for you. We don't want it. <laughs> so as all this fucking rigmarole is happening, uh, a reporter catches wind of what's going on. And he is from uh, a newspaper called the Daily Home News. And he arrives and immediately starts inspecting the bodies before the police have even like notated anything. Mm-hmm. He found some sheets of paper with handwriting on them, sort of ripped up into big pieces and like stacked between the couple they were love letters from eleanor to edward now i have uh i have a sample of these love letters would you like me to read them to you more than anything on this earth okay excellent so eleanor had written this to edward oh honey i am fiery today oh burning reaction already <laughs> like I the thought, whole paragraph. immediately this feels like when you held my hand on stage and sang me a, a love that's letter why when you oh, said you want, this, want me to read this more than anything else i was like oh okay i'm gonna fucking take my chance and run with it now i thought it was gonna say like some nicholas spark shit okay i know what direction we're heading now let's go oh honey i am fiery today burning flaming love the lord is always near <laughs> Did you know which God. direction we were going? No. No. <laughs> Why is the Lord involved in this now? Okay. Because <laughs> he's not... always near, Em. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck do you think? <laughs> okay. Okay. Keep going. 
The Lord is always near in whatever we do, even in our physical closeness. Okay, yikes. For we know he meant for his children to taste deeply of all things. Ew, taste what? (laughs) What are we tasting? (laughs) Basically, I think she was implying like our... um, our physical romance, our passion is um, is A-OK Some... with God because he wants his children to feel deeply and like f- feel the passions of the earth. It's like, OK, whatever you need to tell Oof. yourself to sleep at night. You know, if the Lord is in bed with you, whatever you say. I would assume Congrats. since you're having an affair with a reverend, he would have something to say about lust. But I guess he's really ignoring I think a, a lot just of things like right leaning now. into it. Like, no, no, no God likes this. This is different. God likes this one. He's into it on this on this page, on this one. Okay. So here's another note. Sweetheart, my true heart, I know there are girls with more shapely bodies, but I'm not caring what they have. I have the greatest part of all blessings, a noble man's deep, true, eternal love. How impatient I am and will be. I want to look up into your dear face for hours as you touch my body close. Ugh, gross. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I'm sure I know that's like, I don't know what's wrong with me. But I'm so like skittish about. I just, I just, when, look, I'm being, I have it in the back of my mind that publicly everyone's going to hear me listening to this. And it really freaks me out because I feel like it's already a private moment between two people I don't know. And now I have to hear it and you're telling it to me. Okay. It's, it's a I, lot of intimacy. I, I understand. I, th- I will say there was a part, uh, I didn't keep this in my notes, but there was one article that mentioned that the, I think it's actually an excerpt from a book, but the author mentioned that one court clerk had to read this transcript aloud to the courtroom and he was like burning red, like so oh, embarrassed. I'm sure. I, I'm sure. I'm like, imagine having to draw straws to be that guy who has to read these aloud on the stand. Like, you know, everyone, all of his buddies were like, like, kind of like laughing, like kids Cram in, class. in the back row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like trying to poke fun at him. And this is like 1922. Like now we hear scandalous shit all the time. But like back then, you know, that was like, whoo, hot also, stuff. Like, but also what a weird way to like say to also like body shame in the same breath where it's like, I'm in yeah. love with you, but also like I've seen better. But like. No, I no, she you. said that about herself. Oh no! Well, that's even worse because she is. feels that way she, about herself. She said, "I." She basically said, "I know there are girls with more shapely bodies, but I don't oh. care because I have you." But also, like, she was regarded as like a beautiful woman. So you know, I don't know why she's being so self-deprecating, but I guess it's just built into our oh, our society. I mean. It just lets you know that some things in history just never change. That's true. That's so <laughs> what true. What a shame. What a shame. And I do have a response from the pastor here. Okay, I'm going to read the pastors. And then I promise I'm done. <laughs> for now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, for now. Okay. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> the pastor's replies were equally as passionate. Darling Wonderheart, he had written. <laughs> I just want... I just want to crush you for two hours. What the fuck? Okay. I say that about like cute puppies. Like I want to like squeeze you. You're so cute. But crush, crush. I know he meant it in a different way than I do with puppies. I hope so. 
Yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ. I thought that was a given, but thank you for clarifying. Um, crush is a crazy, that's a wild way to say this. It is. I want to crush you for two hours? Like, what a very specific kink i don't know i don't know what it is but it's it's is that just a really aggressive way of saying i want to like be on top of you i guess so and i'm like to me i'm like oh that sounds nice because i like a weighted blanket not in like a (laughs) sexual way i'll just like blaze no (laughs) someone can just lay on me and like suppress my nervous system that would be delightful you know what i mean but i don't think that's what he meant what Um, was what was um Maybe was it slang back then that we just don't know anymore and so Maybe. it sounds crazier to us? Maybe that was normal I then. I want to crush you 1920s. <laughs> <laughs> it, lo- <laughs> it looks like there aren't many great matches for your search. Oh, well. Cool. Oh, no. <laughs> Never <Huh>. mind. <laughs> Interesting. Um, what, a, cool. what, a, what an odd way to say that <laughs> it is right to say that i was like what am i looking at right now like i just don't know it feels like it shouldn't be said aloud but i also i'm like but what does it mean like i don't know like i know what it means but i still want uh, i still want it to be changed <laughs> i still don't like it he says i just want to crush you for two hours i want to see you friday night our road where we can let out unrestrained that universe of joy and happiness we call ours Okay, the rest of it was fine. But like, yeah, and so, Crush was crazy. That part was crazy. So he described, or he would sign his own letters as DTL, which was short for Deine Treue Liebhaber, Thy True Lover in German, because she spoke German. And then Mrs. Oh, Mills. That's... I thought it was going to say DTF, and I was like, whoa, he is ahead well, of his Well, DTL, down, down to love. He was really DTC, down to Crush, but, you know. Down to Crush. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when they write to like dear abby and it's like down to crush in daytona like how, yeah well also, how do i find someone to crush for two hours well speaking of like dtf like it does feel very jersey shore because they call it smushing because they are smashing because they smash into each other Ew. which is so gross so crushing <laughs> crush and smash i guess it's the same concept They're a little anyway. too close for my liking yeah um so he would sign it, thy true lover in German, and Eleanor would sign hers, babykins. Why? <laughs> so that was the call... grossest part of it all. <laughs> I know. It's the worst part. I saved the best for last. Um, they would call each other babykins. So, yeah, that's cool. Okay. Um, I'm so anyway. happy that they're happy. That's all yeah, I got to say about yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, anyway, if that information weren't enough to identify these two it was pretty obvious because the killer had also played placed edward's calling card like his business card at his feet like propped up on one of his shoes to identify him which also feels really gross and that's a that's a bold move for the killer to be like and by the way here's who it is like giving phone number yeah like that's such a, a in a terrible way but still a power move of being like Oh, you're gonna wonder who this person is. Let me let me hand you a clue because yeah, I'm that why don't confident I just skip it doesn't ahead. matter. Yeah, since you probably like, let me give you a head out. start trying to figure out who I am. Ooh, it is like a head start. Um, but unfortunately, they didn't take advantage of the head start because they were like, "Never mind, this isn't our fucking problem." I'm gonna call a different police department. And so while the Somerset County police are on their way, a crowd gathers and 
like this place turns into a fucking mob scene. So I don't know how back then, like people at the time were so shocked. They were saying in minutes, like hundreds of people, thousands of people started just swarming this place. And I'm like, in a day before social media, like how did people get yeah. the word out so fast? Like it, and this was not Truly. a big area. This was not a populated area. It was like a pretty small park, like kind of out of the way. And people just fucking came in droves to see these bodies. That's wild. It really is. Like, how did, how did, like, there had to have been a town crier where he just Paul revered his way through town, you know? trumpet or something. I mean, this place got fucking swarmed and it was a total circus. They were passing around evidence, like in a circle, like amongst the audience. Like Like a show and tell? Yes. Yes. They were like passing around the calling card. Somebody like picked up the the blue velvet hat and her scarf. Like they were like playing dress up. It, it's it's really macabre, you know, it's and every time I've like listened to someone cover this story, they kind of say like, I'm so shocked and I can't believe it was such a different time. And I'm like, honestly, if the police didn't cover up a crime scene, this probably still happened today. I don't have any doubt that people would like swarm a crime scene if they had the ability. Oh, no, people would at least. Stuff. Oh, people would certainly take stuff. You can then either try to sell it or like put it in their own weird collection or people would at at the very least take pictures. Somebody would Instagram live it. Yeah. I mean, but I, the picking up clothing that probably has blood all over it. It's crazy. That's it's, that's it's too, it's really far. It's, and you know, I bet it's also that kind of mob mentality of like, well, everyone else got to touch it. So I guess I'll do it. You know, like, yeah, like diffusion uh, of responsibility or whatever. Yes. It doesn't feel as taboo if everyone else has already tried on the hat, you know. And so not only were they taking the stuff like off the bodies, they were also peeling like bark and branches off this poor crabapple tree as souvenirs. Mm -hmm. And uh, to the point that the tree had no bark left. And eventually, I probably even put this in my notes later, but eventually somebody dug the entire tree up and just took it home. (gasps) Wow. What a bizarre, like, what are you going to do with that? I don't know. Sell it that, on eBay. But I mean, that's such a good point that you're making of like, and we said it earlier for something else, but like some things just don't fucking change. Like, it, no, like, you know, Zach Bagans in 1922 would have been oh the one God. to dig up the tree. A hundred percent. Yes. And make it like a sideshow. And that's, yeah. it's basically what happened. Like people were taking pieces of bark and just taking them home as souvenirs and showing them off. And people started selling dirt so they the tree got torn to pieces this poor little tree had nothing to do with it and so people started digging up dirt but then again some things never change because other people started just digging up random dirt from other places and saying this is like dirt from the crime scene so they weren't Mm. even selling actual dirt from the crime scene they were selling soil like from their garden and saying i have a little bag of crime scene dirt for you and people were fucking eating the shit up like buying yeah. it making a spectacle i always i mean we're trying I'm, i know you're like not to get too high in the sky about this so like i don't want to get all like philosophical and deep but i really thought social media was part of the problem of like how we mm. got to who we are but mm-hmm. it's nice to know that even in a world without any technology we are still trash bags <laughs> like Great it still point. happened like people are still scamming each other like yeah no, a hundred percent. It's almost like social media just kind of propagated it or like allowed it to be easier 
for people. But it seems like people were always this way. Um, and like apparently, the, the morbid curiosity and all that. Yes. I mean, we've talked about like places where like barns that were just torn apart plank by plank by yeah. people who were just like curious onlookers and wanted a piece of the crime scene. And so, I mean, it's just things, some things never change. So, of course, this compromises the whole scene. I mean, there are literally people there like, okay, this reminds me of your Mammoth Cave story. There are people there selling balloons and popcorn. I mean, there's two dead people under this tree and they're selling yeah. fucking popcorn and hot dogs. It's like a circus, like a true spectacle circus. Um, so police show up and like all of this has already been going on because it's too late. <laughs> like the, the the crowds have descended. And um, even though the scene was completely compromised, it didn't really matter because police barely collected any evidence anyway. They didn't even photograph the bodies. And I actually do have a photograph for you. Um, it's from far away, so you can't really see anything that dark, but or like that specific or, or grotesque. But here's just a picture that someone else took of the bodies. Um, mm. I assume this is like they've been moved around a little bit. Oh, definitely. They've been moved the hat around. He's not wearing not his, on his hat. head anymore. Yeah. Their bodies are and like farther apart. Far away from each other. Yeah. So like this has been totally compromised. But that's how long these bodies were there. Like long enough for people to take photos of them in a completely different position. Than Which they is were. wild that like, like, I'm I'm not saying like, oh, I get it. Like take a piece of bark from the experience. Like I, I understand that, that on its own is fucked up. But like there's like tears to how fucked up it can get. And I feel like seeing bodies with gunshot wounds to the head mm -hmm. and just dragging them around just to put them in different poses like snow angels. Like that's crazy. Ugh. They're like that yeah. That you'd think that would be like too human, like too inhuman. Real. It, humane. Inhuman? Yeah, like know. too yeah, too close to home, like like too far to be touching a dead if I person. Saw if I saw a dead body, no way would I move it, especially just to repose it. Like, what the hell? Especially with, like, a crowd of onlookers. I mean, it just feels so, so gross. Um, so It feels really it, disrespectful to, like, their... Absolutely. Like, if they, if they knew that after they died, no one was, like, standing next to them crying, everyone was just, like, posing with them. Like Trying that's, their hats on. Like, ugh. It, yeah. It's like a photo booth. Like, it's really macabre. So... Both victims were quickly buried without, like, being properly analyzed or autopsied, and police had collected almost no evidence from the scene whatsoever, so they decided to start questioning suspects instead. So, of course, first suspects are the spouses, Jim and Francis. But as soon as police question them, they both insist they have no idea about any affair. They do not believe that their partners were uh, unfaithful to them. They claim they have no idea and they swear mm. up and down that they're happy, healthy. Their marriages are fine. Um, Jim said Edward was one of his closest friends. Francis said she and Eleanor were very close and she reportedly paid for Eleanor's casket and burial. Like they immediately claim like no part in this. I so mean, I police... guess technically even the love letters could have just been written by a random person to like make a point, you know, to like show. Yeah, that's true. And they were like, what do we write? Say you want to crush crush her and and call her babykins. Right. <laughs> it's like okay, <laughs> I guess that's effective. Um, 
So police questioned both of them at length about the affair, and they apparently doubled down on their denial. And I was listening to, um, I think it was True Crime All the Time, uh, Unsolved, cover this, and they talked about, and so I couldn't find the source anywhere, which is why I'm referencing the actual episode I listened to, but they were saying that the that the the spouse of Eleanor, Jim, tried to claim that the love letters were from Eleanor to her kids. No. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> like um a, a confirmed no from me only. That's but a big of, old no. Yeah. I no, that's what a was big the old like no God wants God wants us to touch each other or something? Oh, no. Gosh. Yeah. I mean it like what? That's a no. No, it's a no. It's a no. <laughs> That's like all I can say. I think we all hopefully agree on that. Um, yeah, please. So- <laughs> if you don't, you need to look within immediately. Yeah. So police tried to determine where the two spouses were on the night of, uh, or at least before the bodies were found, because from what they could tell, it had been like two days since the two of them had been killed. So that night, Frances had been spotted leaving the church in the middle of the night. And when they asked why she was leaving the church in the middle of the night, she told police she had gone there looking for Edward when she realized he never came to bed that night. Jim had Mm. not been seen at the church by anyone, but he also told police he had gone to the church in the middle of the night as well, looking for Eleanor when she didn't come home. So apparently both of them went to the church. Neither of them saw each other. So they either just either they're lying one of them's lying or they just happen to miss each other. And okay. apparently Jim said he turned the lights on at the church and Francis said, nope, there were no lights on. It was all dark. So we don't know if this is a lie or if it's just like really convenient timing. Um, but either way, both of them claim to go to the church to look for their spouse. Apparently, Eleanor and Edward were planning to meet up that night for their tryst. And they had both been spotted by passersby headed toward Phillips Farm, quote, in a dreadful hurry. Mm. Mysterious. Mm. Several people near the farm, this is uh, like where the lover's lane is, reported hearing gunshots and a woman's scream between 9 p.m. and midnight. Based on those Mm. accounts, along with the amount of blood at the scene, Investigators determined that Eleanor and Edward were killed where they were found, not moved there post-mortem. Okay. Okay. That was like the only (laughs) determination police made correctly because um, the crime scene had been horribly contaminated. They hadn't done a detailed autopsy. Like, they really just missed out on a lot of clues. And they ended up having to exhume the bodies to determine the cause of death like they hadn't even determined cause of what? death and this is a murder oh they my just god there's buried them who like was in charge of training these police officers i have no idea but the first one said we don't want to do it <laughs> so right called the next one so it already started off rough you know um like yeah. journalists got there before police did like that's how bad this was so right 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 They did exhume the bodies, and it turns out Eleanor had been shot three times in the head, and Edward had only been shot once. Now, this is Mm. where it gets pretty graphic. Eleanor had also been nearly decapitated post-mortem, which was extremely intimate and violent, and, yikes, her tongue and larynx had been removed. (gasps) Oh, what does that mean symbolically? There's something there, isn't there? So, the thing most people speculate 
is that because she was a singer in the choir and she was known for her beautiful voice. Oh. The tongue mm-hmm. and the larynx were symbolic in that way. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Just really gruesome. And so to think, like, it definitely, like, I think uh, uh, FBI, what do they call it? Uh, one of the, uh, oh, my God, Christine, you watch so much Criminal Minds. What are they called? Where they... <laughs> what is wrong with me um criminal profilers i feel like they'd have a field day with this because it's like so obviously symbolic at least to me and uh she was so brutally attacked and he was just shot once in the head and left alone i feel like i feel like then it was the wife the, the, is, his wife that seems to be most people's like inclination based on because the anger I, toward the woman even though like if someone's cheating on you you should be mad at the person cheating on you not the other person a lot of people right. get angry at the other person instead it's that and i displaced feel like blame yes yes and yes. i feel For like, like she would wrecker type comments and yeah that kind of thing yeah interesting yeah and so and and the anger about her singing like that could really play into it so this is all stuff they did not know because they buried them and then mm. had to exhume them and then found out that her tongue was gone like they didn't even do a fucking autopsy at all so of course it's like unbelievable that none of this was notated at the time of the murder um the media is all over this and police are so far behind that like they are not anywhere near an arrest now as you mentioned earlier the 1920s uh like this is such a time of upheaval and it would like continue to be um because for years papers and the radio had covered like world war one the 1918 flu epidemic and people were just exhausted and now it's the 1920s um it's the roaring 20s people are looking for thrills people are looking for distractions and so these fancy little things called tabloids were introduced to the populace Mm. and they first became popular in the uk around the turn of the century And a tabloid basically covered social gossip, scandals, and crime. And one popular tabloid proudly advertised, quote, 90% entertainment, 10% information. (laughs) Honestly, at least they were honest about it. That's what I'm saying. Like, at least they're self-aware. You know, it's like we say we're not reporters. We're entertainers because we don't want the... We don't want the response, like not the responsibility. Yeah, that's the wrong way to put it. But like, I don't want anyone to feel like I think I'm like fucking New York Times reporter or something. Um, Yeah. There's a certain point where it's like entertainment rather than real reporting. And so this is a huge story for the tabloids to just fucking run with. Uh, They used huge photos uh, instead of excess text, which traditional reporters, of course, found like cheap journalism to put photos in. Um, They were smaller. They were easily like taken around town to read and they were cheap and they were much more available to the working class for that reason. And they also made room for more women reporters uh, because there was just more room, I guess, for women to step in and become journalists at a tabloid than a traditional newspaper. Uh, and several women actually became highly paid and well-trusted, like, high-profile reporters in the tabloids, which is kind of cool. Oh, wow. I feel like that would be guess a cool they had just, documentary. Well, they're, wi- they're women, so they have to... They only know how to gossip. So I the guess gossip, you have to start, the, uh-huh. start at the low rung, and then eventually they trust what you're saying, and then you become yeah. a real reporter. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I think that's probably how it went. Um, So, you know, you take what you can, I guess. So 
people, of course, became obsessed with tabloid media and the salacious topics that they covered. And, you know, a lot of traditional reporters called this like lowbrow journalism. But a tabloid editor of the time said that they represented America's transition into a new era because, quote, tabloids were just as inevitable as jazz. They are feared because they are jolting the pillars of conservatism. Mm. Okay. So people were into it. And people especially were drawn to stories involving sex, money, and murder. And it was said mm-hmm. that the best story involved all three. So ding, ding, ding. Here it is on the silver platter for the tabloids. <laughs> so it was no surprise that this case became a media frenzy. Um, this was like next level. There's an heiress involved, uh, like two people from totally different social classes, um, an affair, you know, romance, intrigue, the whole nine yards. Um, interestingly, too, Charlotte, Eleanor's daughter, who was a teenager at the time, made the story even more popular because she was a flapper. Oh. And so wow. because she was like kind of embodying this like new age feminist movement, she became like a character in the story as well. And so it added even more intrigue and drama to the whole thing. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was quite a tale. So Charlotte was young. She was pretty. She was ambitious. She was like this picture of like the new era of the 20s. And weirdly enough, Frances, um, the the Johnson and Johnson heiress, the wife, Mm -hmm. um, she sent a letter to Charlotte. So Edward's wife, now widow, sent a Mm -hmm. letter to Eleanor's daughter, Charlotte, saying, Mm -hmm. don't worry, you'll be looked after. Ew. Isn't that sketchy? I mean, now I'm starting to think it's her this whole time. That's for sure. I'm she thinking. Felt, I mean, it felt, if she felt I, like she needed like a contingency plan or something. Doesn't it almost feel like she's like, there's some guilt or something there, like some responsibility? But may, I mean, maybe it was just a responsibility of like, you come from a poor family and I'm really wealthy. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe she was just close to the family. I'm not sure. But apparently, even though she sent this letter to Charlotte saying she would be looked after, uh, Charlotte did not like Francis. So sure. She felt Francis was too old school, too conservative, too Victorian. She didn't like flappers. Um, and Charlotte actually suspected that Francis was involved in her mother's murder. And Okay, well, that does it for me. Right. And she spoke out publicly about it. So talk about like adding more fuel to the fire. Now this young woman is saying, I think Francis had something to do with my mother's death. Can you imagine like, Lord, can you imagine if she, let's say Francis wasn't responsible and she was just trying to do like a nice thing and like, (laughs) poor Francis. I know. And the response is like, like, publicly being called out as like i think you're the murderer of my mother and like Literally, she was just trying to do a nice thanks thing. a lot for trying to support me yeah you murdering no, I, bitch i, I <laughs> it's like jesus she can't no. if, if she's innocent she can't catch a fucking break this woman she's called homely she's called like ugly and like only someone her husband's her cheating on money. her now she's a fucking yeah now her husband's cheating on her now she's a murderer i mean lord god I'll, and oh man, yeah, but I do think uh, if Charlotte has a gut feeling, I-, I could write that gut feeling. It does sound like Francis is trying to like tie up loose ends it's or something a little that weird. she would have caused. Yeah, I agree. And like none of it is, you know, real hardcore evidence, but it's definitely intriguing. And I think that's probably why most people are kind of 
on our side with this. Like, that's what most people Mm -hmm. tend to believe. So when she realized, when Charlotte realized that local police are basically fumbling her mother's case, I think that's like understatement of the century, but whatever. uh, She wrote a letter to the New Jersey governor and she said she was worried that justice would fail her family because they didn't have money for legal funds. And when she when he didn't respond to her letter, she went to his office herself to ask mm. for a meeting. I just picture her in a flapper's dress. I highly doubt that's what she was wearing. But I'm like, <laughs> what a sight. She like storms in and asks to see the governor. And he's apparently not in at the moment. So uh-huh. when yeah. he found out that she had come looking for him, he actually publicly addressed her in a letter that was published in the newspapers, promising <gasps> to put state investigators on the case. He said she didn't need to worry about money because he would personally see to the case with state resources. (laughs) I love how petty these people are where it's like, I won't look you in the eye, but I will make the paper tell you and And everybody my thoughts. Yeah, you can find out about it in the newspaper. It's like, oh, it's like, I don't don't like you and you better know about that on page six. (laughs) Yeah. No, but he's saying he's going to fund this. He's going to put his own money, like state money toward toward solving it. Okay. I didn't know if that was like a dismissive way of being like, it'll oh, it'll get handled. Instead of like actually, I think he, yeah, I think he basically was put on the spot because she's like talking mm. to all the papers and tabloids and she's like, I went to see him and he didn't even respond to my letter. And so he's like, no, look, everyone, I gotcha. care okay. about this case. That That's my understanding of it. Um, oh, what a which good if, way, though, if that if that was her tactic of like embarrass him until it gets right? handled. Just fucking yeah. pressure him by showing up at his office and then talking about it in the tabloids yeah it fucking worked too because this guy's saying he's gonna put state money toward it and he's personally gonna see to it that this thing gets solved so of course now the public's even more fired up because the governor of new jersey is like personally invested in this case and an ambitious teenager has like convinced the governor to get involved and so this is like such a tumultuous and progressive almost situation and there's All this pressure from the media, of course, and now the governor. And so police in both Somerset and Middlesex County are like scrambling to make an arrest. And they know it does not look good in the papers. So interestingly enough, suspicion soon turned to Francis's brothers. Hmm? So one of her brothers was a skilled marksman who worked for arms dealers, but he seemed to have a solid alibi. Her other brother, William, became a suspect because police thought he was unusual uh that's pretty much all they had to go on um his name was william he was called willie by locals he was a friendly man who hung out in the hungarian immigrant neighborhoods he was known to sit on like stoops and chat with people all day um he would even help he's also obviously from the same johnson and johnson fortune so he was known to help people out with money sometimes sending gifts to neighborhood kids um He had a lot of trouble holding a job, so he would spend most of his days hanging out at the local fire station, and, like, he would... He was actually called by the firefighters a an honorary member of the firefighters. Um, He obviously was not allowed to actually fight fires, but he was allowed to dress up in the firefighter uniforms and, like, try on the helmets. And many people describe him as childlike, but he was actually extremely intelligent and could, like, memorize entire books of facts and, like, share them with people. So in retrospect, it's it's believed he was autistic in a time before that was a diagnosis. And so, you know, looking back, people just called him, like, 
weird, you know? And mm-hmm. it's like he's not uneducated or unintelligent. It's just that he maybe doesn't have the same social skills or he has yeah. different skills than other people, you know? So looking back, that's that's why police were like, this guy's weird. Let's fucking home in on him. And great, 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 great. Yeah. So the problem was William actually did own a revolver that matched the bullet wounds. Oh, so uh-oh. they they yeah. So they take that gun and they're like, well, we think we have a clue here. Turns out the gun had actually been like shaved down and permanently disabled for William's safety. Like he owned this gun, but his family mm. had like disabled it so that he wouldn't accidentally hurt himself or harm someone else. So this gun didn't even work. So like sure. couldn't be him. Strangely, his fingerprint was also on the calling card that was on the on the shoe of William of Edward I'm sorry yeah but it had also been like handed around this huge so group many of people yeah and he had actually spent a lot of time with Edward as his brother-in-law so like it's it's not that weird he probably just had picked it up at some point and looked at it sure um but still because you know he was vulnerable police picked William William up one night randomly and interrogated him for hours without a lawyer present. And they didn't even notify Oof. his family. And luckily for William, he really didn't say anything that incriminated him. And so they eventually had to release him. And when Frances, his sister, found out about this, she was pissed, pissed. Mm. She was outraged that her brother had been interrogated without any notice, without any representation. And now the tabloids jump on that. And they're like, wow, not only do the police have zero leads, but they take this poor guy who's, you know, lo- beloved in our neighborhood and like fucking treat him like like a criminal. And mm-hmm. so people are now believing like this investigation is going nowhere. Police are getting nowhere. And uh, there's just no faith in the police force whatsoever. So police circle all the way back to Pearl and Ray, the 15 and 23 year olds who were mushroom hunting. Wink. Uh, at Lover's Lane, <laughs> allegedly. Yeah. And they had discovered the bodies. And so police were like, let's get back to them and, and question them again. So Edward had actually been discovered without his gold watch that he always wore and without any cash, which he always had on him. And so police were like, well, maybe Pearl and Ray tried to rob Edward, panicked and killed them. But also my oh. thought is like, there was a whole crowd trying on their clothes. Like someone probably took his fucking watch and walked away with right. it. Right. Right. You know, Fair, like great point. as much as I'm like, oh, that's weird that he didn't have cash on him. Like, well, yeah, but people are trying on her brown scarf that covered I mean, up anyone her fucking missing larynx. Like someone could have even like just openly said, I'm taking his watch. He doesn't need it anymore. <gasps> yeah. I w- my first instinct when I read that was like, someone took it. Someone has it. I bet you. Yeah. Like, yeah. just some looky-loo, and then felt too, I don't know, it's probably in somebody's, like, safe deposit box somewhere, and they don't even realize. Sure. Um. So, allegedly, both had been missing before the crowds arrived at the scene, but, again, they didn't take any photos, they didn't write anything down, so we don't even really know that. Uh. So, still, police interrogated Pearl, Ray, and two of their friends that they had been hanging out with that night, 21-year-old Clifford Hayes and 15-year-old Leon Kaufman. After the first interrogation, police didn't have much to go on because according to their story, the three men had seen Pearl with her no-good father, who appeared to be drunk. 
And Pearl was crying that night. And Ray said he planned to fight Pearl's dad. Now, remember, Ray and Pearl are in a a kind of scandalous relationship as he is significantly older than her. So it was rumored that Pearl's dad was not only violent uh, and abusive, but actually sexually assaulted her. And so... They see Pearl crying. They appeared her. They appeared to see her no good father somehow abusing her. And Ray says, I'm going to fight Pearl's dad. And Clifford revealed that he had a pistol with him and that they could use that pistol to fight Pearl's dad if, if they needed it to protect themselves. So Ray, Clifford, and Leon started following Pearl and her dad, but they apparently lost them in the dark at some point and it was late. So Leon, who's 15, was like, I got to go home and left the other two mm. 23 year olds or 21 and 23 year olds to their own devices. And they are still on a mission to find Pearl's dad. So they see okay. a couple wow. under a crabapple tree in the dark and they think it is Pearl and her dad. So they sneak up on them. Without warning, Clifford takes out his pistol and shoots both of them. Ray yells, my God, you have made an awful mistake. And both men fled the scene immediately. So this is what they tell police. They even sign a confession confirming the story and police announce they are arresting Clifford. Wow. The problem with this story is that the confession was extracted after police had kept Ray and Clifford awake for 24 hours in separate rooms Uh. and for the full 24 hours detectives aggressively questioned both men and basically forced a confession out of them it's like it's just a coerced confession there's there's no reality to it so even as clifford was being removed from questioning for his arrest his lawyer shared a statement saying do you and this is uh on clifford's behalf so clifford said do you think i'd be fool enough to stay around here for three weeks if i had committed this crime i am innocent and they know it and so does everyone in new brunswick now luckily for clifford he was a very well-liked and well-known person he had been honorably discharged from the navy and had served in the war he was known to be very kind and loving and so people immediately were like you're trying to tell us he just randomly murdered these two people and right shot them point blank it doesn't make sense so again the police are failing like in the eyes of the public at this point like i get why that original cop was like i don't want this like i'm just getting me too if i know what a mess this would be i know Mm -hmm. oh my god so when this comes out even charlotte jim and francis so the two spouses the two a widow widower and then the daughter all spoke out saying we don't believe clifford or ray had anything to do with their deaths and they said investigators are just fishing and that's all this is yeah so even one of edward's sisters said we are all mystified by the arrest of this boy i simply cannot understand it none of us can so like it's just a mess meanwhile (sighs) pearl comes forward to defend clifford she says her boyfriend ray had once threatened her with a knife so if anyone had murdered them it was ray not clifford and It's like, listen, I know them better. Just trust me on this one. Just trust my, it's my boyfriend, not the other one. It's like, okay. Jeez. Um, But what's more is Clifford only confessed to shooting the couple. He didn't know about the cutthroat. He didn't know Mm. about that. Because like, he hadn't, how would he? And so that part just was not even, 
taken into account. So basically, it was not them. Anyway, in the end, there was so much public outrage that police realized they had, like, really fucked up uh, by arresting Clifford. And so they interview Ray one more time. And Ray's like, yeah, I made that whole story up. (laughs) And I feel terrible. Oh, my God. So he gets two years in prison (gasps) for perjury. Oh, my God. I'm like, you fucking, like, forced him to confess to... Whatever. Okay. So he basically gets prison time, two years. uh, And... Meanwhile, police release Clifford and he arrives home to hundreds of locals waiting to welcome him. Like, oh my God. You're, thank God you're free. We knew you were innocent. You're free. Yay. So now the murder investigation is back to square one. I argue it never left square one, but whatever. <laughs> and Good point. this is when I think my favorite witness of all time steps forward. Her name is Jane Gibson, otherwise known as the pig woman. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> she's, no- she's known as the pig woman because she raised hogs near... Oh, thank God. I know. Near DeRussy Lane, where they were found. She said that on ni- at 9 p.m. on the night of the murder, her dog started barking, and she suspected someone was stealing her crops, so she got on her mule, as you do, and rode down the lane. She saw four figures in the dark under the crabapple tree... She heard a woman scream, don't, three times. Then there were gunshots and another woman cried, oh, Henry. She claimed mm. the pair at the scene was Frances Hall and her cousin, Henry Carpenter. Mm. Jane said she returned a few hours later looking for a shoe that she had lost in the commotion. I guess it fell off her mule. I don't know. <laughs> okay. And when she found, when she was looking for the shoe, she saw Frances Hall sobbing over her husband's dead body. So finally, prosecution is like, oh, we finally have something to yeah. pin this on. So the grand jury convenes to decide whether or not to indict Henry, the cousin, along with three anonymous suspects. And after several days of testimony, Jane Gibson, their like star witness, starts making people a little skeptical because Mm. while she was insisting she was telling the truth, when she was asked to look at Henry and be sure that that was who she saw, she she said, I feel that he is. And so people were like, "Okay, well, you obviously don't seem very convinced. And she said, well, it was really dark. So already like not a good start. And then, oh, it gets worse because her credibility was also called into question when several neighbors said she was the sort of woman who would make something like this up for attention. Oh, my which is like God. Fucking, fucking rude. Wow. I wonder if she, oh, I feel like I would I'd lose sleep for the rest of my life if I heard that that was my reputation and I was just learning it in this really intense moment. In this horrible <laughs> moment. And you're like, that's what they've thought about me this whole time. And then the newspaper's like, oh, yeah, the pig woman. I'd be like, are you serious right now? <laughs> Like, hello, can I not get any respect? Wow, I so, would like name a woman in this story who has had a good time in no, this story. No, exactly. Not not <laughs> a one. Maybe the flapper, maybe, but her mom's yeah. dead, so maybe not. I don't know. It's all bad. So initially the press had been really kind to Jane as like they described her as a sturdy witness and comparing her to the <laughs> pioneer women of old. Uh, but uh-huh. like really quickly they turned on her and started digging into her marriage history because she had been married twice, God forbid. Uh, they started attacking her character. And during her testimony, one tabloid described her as the following. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Quote, erratic, 
obese, disheveled, and suffering from a mortal organic disease. <laughs> Come up with this shit. That's so, so fucking brutal. Literally, where do they come up with this shit? Like, how did you come up with something so dare fucking you? rude? Like, it's. I like how you started it with. They were really, they were really nice at first. All they did was call her pig woman, but you know, by the end, <laughs> they were like, she's a pioneer end, pig woman. <laughs> also, like, like Amy Schumer had a special like forever ago where she was talking about how like she uh she got hit on by a guy and he was like i like you because you're sturdy and she was like what the fuck does that mean (laughs) so when you said they called her sturdy i was like oh my god yeah you know that they were talking about her appearance and and i remember in high school a kid said i was i heard from a friend that this other kid said i was I would be cute, but I'm too boxy to be cute. And it's literally oh. like lived in my brain rent free from the age of 15 until now. Um, my bully called me Big Bird <gasps> and I still think about it. <laughs> Sorry, that's so rude. <laughs> and I found out because I was reading her emails that she was talking about about me to somebody. That so she didn't is even say n- she that's even, even worse. To my face. That's even yeah. worse to find out it's behind your back because then it's like, it was, oh, they're not even just trying to be funny. Like they're they mean that insult. Well, oh, it was a it was an email. It was a subject line that said in her inbox. It said M M Schultz, and so I was like, obviously well, I'm going to click that. Can you be? Yeah, and then it was obviously. it was her and her little minion. They were just talking about me the whole time, and I still think about the big bird comment. <laughs> like it's very wow, it's, rude. Literally been half my life ago, and I still think about it. <laughs> I know, me too. Literally half my life ago. Someone called me boxy, and I'm like, they said I would be attractive if I weren't so boxy. And I'm like, what Christine, does it mean? Let me speak for all of the people who are like so goddamn thirsty for you that listen oh, to the show. You are okay, so Mr. smoking Tarantula hot. Legs. <laughs> okay, you know what? Actually, I take it fucking back. Goodbye. No, You're ugly and boxy. Way. No. <laughs> That's not what I meant. I meant it in the best way that people love how tall you are. Oh, and then I didn't get that when good. you called me tarantula legs. You called yourself tarantula legs, to be fair. I'm just reiterating. I thought this was building you up, but apparently um it's just hitting a nerve. I'm sorry. Christine, because nobody else uh, is able to say it, I'll just speak for them. You were so smoking hot, and uh, you so are, kind. and uh, not boxy. And even if you were, you'd still be smoking hot. So don't, don't tell Sam who? Fleming. I made that name up. Uh, oh. Who called me that when you, I was fifteen? That's interesting. You want to still protect their identity? I'm. I shout my bully's name everywhere. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't What's think if I did it on stage. I fe- oh, I remember that. I feel like he doesn't even know he ever said that. Like it was so long ago and he probably just said in passing and then someone told me and like it burned into my mind. And I think probably he doesn't even know who I am. You know what I mean? Oh. Like it's one my of those. My bully knows who like, I am. I'm, oh, I'm sure of that. Yeah. Well, you they had a whole email thread about you, so Well, also they were my bully from from first grade to twelfth grade. She was just terrible. But oh, also, Lord. like, you know what? If you're gonna be a bully be prepared that there is the slim chance that the person you're bullying one day is going to grow up to have a microphone in their face for work. And you might genuinely. Get so genuinely you wanted to act like that for 12 years. Oh, well, Chelsea, literally, if being nice, <laughs> <laughs> literally, if being nice is not going to convince you, then just picture your name splashed across a podcast. Okay. 
yeah. and then see what happens. Sorry I grew up and now have an audience and you treated me like crap for 12 years. Yeah. So Shape I guess I'm going to talk about it. Whoops. Shape up. I'm, I'm sure maybe <laughs> I, I, I like to th- I like to think she's maybe nice now. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe she stops her old tricks. God. Who would know? Want, who would know? I want to find out. I'm sure you'll f- you'll find <laughs> out way too much for no I'll reason. I'll do some digging. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll send you an email later called just Chelsea, like just the, how <laughs> how she did that to you with your name. I'll be like, and I'll hope she finds it someday. Um. Anyway, <laughs> so this just gets weirder because so they're saying all these horrible fucking things in the tabloids about her. And the problem is she actually was really sick. Like she was on her deathbed at this point, the pig lady, a.k.a. Jane. And mm-hmm. they wheeled her in on a stretcher to, to testify. I have a picture. Okay. Hold on. Also, can I ask why on a stretcher? Was she injured? I feel like I you said just said she this was on her blood. death. I said she was on, on her, her deathbed. She was <laughs> okay. very ill and on that her deathbed. So they wheeled her in on a stretcher. Here's a picture. Oh, wow. Okay. Very like, <laughs> what the fuck? It's like a wow. creepy old timey hospital bed. And it's just a bunch of like men gathered around her while she's yeah, like it's really flat. It's really jarring. It's like it is. Is she like she's I not? Mean, is she even considered fit to to talk to testify or anything? Well, good question because apparently now that she had this like supposed disability, people were like, "How do we trust her?" You know, like she's she's not sturdy. She's mm. weak and she can't testify. So now it's like she I sent you another uh I sent you like an actual daily news yeah article. Do you want to read the headline for everyone? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Okay, I'm only laughing because this is just so fucking terrible. It's horrible. Pig, pig woman identifies for like it's like what the F? Like, why can't we just say her name? But also, like, I mean, I get that this was, like, literally the, like, year tabloids were created and there was just no rule or rhyme or it's reason. Like, it feels like it was a lawless land, those tabloids. Yes. But. They just fucking ran with it. And I'm sure it was, I, I'm, obviously, Pig Woman is more catchy than anything else that would be respectful. I get that. But, like, wow, in today's world, I just can't imagine anyone calling somebody that. It's hard. It's horrible. And what's even weirder. So people are already questioning her like testimony now because they're saying, how do we trust her? What's even wilder is her own mother was sitting in the courtroom the entire time she testified screaming. She's a liar, a liar, a liar. The whole time Mm. her daughter was testifying. Wow. Like her own mother. It doesn't. I don't know why. I don't know what it means, but. At this point, her testimony's shot. Nobody believes her. So after five days, the grand jury is like, we can't indict these people. Like, how are we? Sp- There's not enough evidence and we don't trust her testimony. So Henry and the others walked free. Francis ended up filing a defamation lawsuit against the city. And I'm pretty sure against the Daily News or against one of these tabloids. And uh, that defamation lawsuit was settled out of court. 
Uh, Jim's only comment was that it was a shame justice wasn't served. But basically, the story remained super popular for years. Um, every now and then, a reporter or PI would like revisit it, and it would spark more public interest. Um, and people just hoped that one day it would get solved. But it really wasn't until a decade later. Actually, you kind of did ask this question at the beginning. Um, so about a decade later, the Lindbergh baby kidnapping became a huge story. And that's kind of when this story like lost mm. the last of its popularity in, in the public sure. eye. So that sort of replaced it as like the new big true crime story. And so it basically just fell out of the public spotlight. And for what it's worth, uh, the case today is credited as America's first true crime story because uh, oh. it no story in U.S. history had reached so such a wide audience, like no true crime story. And it basically launched the popularity of tabloid media, which is why I assume it's sometimes called similar to the O.J. Simpson case, like just media sure. frenzy, you know. So although most people treated it like, unfortunately, exciting gossip, people like Charlotte desperately wanted justice for, you know, her mother. And she hoped eventually to hear a deathbed confession, maybe from Francis or from somebody else. But the case remains unsolved today and everyone involved in the case is dead. Uh, so mm. it's unlikely that we'll ever know who killed these two. Wow. And that's the story. And also like... It also is like just another PSA for like police training needs to be taken so much more seriously. They literally just they found out after they exhumed the bodies that they had been shot three times. Like what? Like what? It's it's just another um another reminder that you know people that are dressed as authority authorities doesn't mean that they are the authority on something, and That's they really true. need to get it together that yeah that's that's so true and um one like fact i forgot to mention which are probably not relevant but uh eleanor's bullet wounds also showed um signs of gunshot residue which means they were really really close up yeah and uh edwards didn't so it's almost like she just got such a more brutal demise or treatment and I wonder if it was because it was more personal for whoever killed right. them to hurt her or if it was just because she was like a woman or like, I know, like I it's hard. It's it's like impossible to say, but it, it feels gut instinct. It feels like it was personal, especially with yeah. the throat and the tongue. And she was known as being this beautiful singer. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know who it up. was, but I can't imagine it being anyone other than one of their spouses. Right. And it just like, the like, fact doesn't that the sense. case was so bungled just makes me think like, well, probably they just didn't catch the right person. Like, I mean, you know, you know what the like the most like damning piece of evidence for me is that it has to be one of the two spouses is that like everyone seems to have ignored after your initial telling of it is like all those love letters like the they had to be letters. found. They had to be found. The only reason they were ripped up around them was because someone clearly found them, which means it was in one of their homes, which means they had access to their home. Or they like, were in the church where the two were, you know, they kept true. them maybe at the church because they had both sides. Like- they had letters from Edward and from her. So maybe they were keeping them somewhere. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But I mean, that that feels like. I mean, hello, the ripping up of two love letters. Tearing that, up the love letters? Come on. That's not even symbolic. That is directly... That's like a classic trope. Like, someone was mad because of your love letters. Nobody other than spouses would give a shit Who as else? much as... 
besides like a kid maybe a child but i don't think or like i mean the the family member but like uh, the the son was 12 i mean but the like i mean like the love letters is like that's not even a clue to me like that it's like i don't know what the right word is but that i don't it's not a hunch it's that it's not even in hunch territory anymore it's but like literally if you're right in front of your face murdered yeah. with a bunch of your own ripped up love letters back and forth with each other the only person who would be that upset is a scorned lover so when you're like, cheating exactly exactly like if i if i found a couple and i found out that they were cheating and i found love letters between them and and their uh, you know side person I wouldn't, first of all, feel the need to kill them. And I certainly wouldn't like be like, and by the way, here are all your love letters. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you feel like if you were just like a that? parishioner of the church they worked at, like it doesn't make sense. It doesn't yeah. make sense. And there was one theory that they were maybe planning to elope. So maybe there was like, maybe they told. And you know what? There's one important thing I want to add real quick, which is probably obvious to everyone, but like reminder that she comes from this massive fortune. Like, mm-hmm money can do so much like money yeah. can do anything you can especially in the 20s with, with so little dna and everything yes, and honestly they didn't have that you know it'd be real fucking crazy if it was francis who is the heiress you're mm-hmm. talking about imagine if she killed them and then like alerted the media herself so she knew that everything would get touched <gasps> she called tmz and said On herself scoop mm-hmm That'd be interesting because she probably knew people would fuck with it and like she it would be a better chance of her not getting caught. Holy shit. The 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 name tag, the like the business card, that's still an interesting move. Like I get that it's like a I said power move earlier, but it does feel like I'm giving you a head start, but that sorry, I just caught a fly in my hand. I saw that with my own two eyes. Am I the karate (laughs) kid? That was crazy. Um (laughs) no uh okay (laughs) sorry but i feel like um uh the calling card the calling card feels weird and i i get that it's like a it's giving narcissism and cockiness though and i feel like no one in this group no one kind of showed signs of that maybe it's kind of a weird i wonder that's when i want the profilers to get involved i'm like what does it mean and i wonder if what if the card was just amongst the letters you know and he was like here's my here's my calling card to to eleanor like back when they first started talking and maybe that's why he it was in the letters and they just were like i don't know who knows but Mm. another weird circumstantial thing is that apparently in the year in the like it was either weeks or months following the murders uh apparently francis mailed her clothes a bunch of her clothes to philadelphia and had them dyed black so she was <gasps> what so she was already preparing for a funeral no it was after the murders she like after the funerals after the murders she like had some of her clothes sent to get like deep cleaned and then all dyed black and like it could be a but- morning thing or it could be like those are compromised pieces of clothing. I don't know. Oh, I was going to say it was a morning thing because a hundred years ago was the Winchester house oh, yes, story. Right. And when her husband died, she wore black for like a long True. time, like three years or something. Like True. I, it feels like, she, it, but it still feels like she moved quickly. Like it, it feels like in this whole story, I never heard about Jim or 
Francis grieving their partners, which I'm sure they did in some way. Right. But like, it sounds like she immediately went into like task mode and it was like, which I, I yeah, guess is its own I, way of grief. I think part of it also was that she had them mailed so far away, like almost. Yeah. Like it didn't like to the people to who get them knew away. her, they, they thought it was weird because they were like, why don't you go to your usual like tailor? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I, I guess that for some reason or another, um, there was there was a lot of suspicion about that fact. Mm. I don't really know why. Well, uh, she she got away with it. If she did it, she got away with it. Yeah. Man, I think this is one of my favorite episodes we've done in a while. I, w- I, was, say- I was thinking that during your story. I was like, this is like, what a story. Eva, write that down. 336. <laughs> In case, in case we need an episode one day, in case we uh, somehow need to recommend something, um, we talked about Burl a lot. So, uh, who could forget <laughs> Burl? <laughs> well, Christine, well done, everybody. Well, Good you job, and folks. me. Um, I guess is that it until I see you when we record again. Yeah, when do we record? Tomorrow, <laughs> probably. Maybe I'm not I sure. A we'll figure episode. it out. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe not. Oh, I'm so excited uh, to go have a little lunch now. Make myself I'm a Sammy. Hungry. Yeah, we're gonna have a good too. time. Well, thank you everybody for listening, and um, I guess, uh, I don't know. Until uh, next time. Until next time. I had a I had a plan, and then it went away. So I guess we'll just As leave we you. We always at, say. And <laughs> that's why we drink. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost.